That's probably the best one. Yeah. That's, that's probably the best one. That um, is the best one. But speaking of AI uh, voices, let's add to stream. The Plague is the Wise. Nope. I thought not. It's not a story, the Jedi would tell you. It's a Sith legend. Darth Plagueis was a dark lord of the Sith. So powerful and so wise, he could use the Force to influence the midichlorians to create life. He had such a knowledge of the dark side, he could even keep the ones he cared about from dying. He could actually save people from death? The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some considered to be unnatural. <laughs> what happened to him? He became so powerful, the only thing he was afraid of was losing his power, which eventually, of course, he did. Unfortunately, he taught his apprentice everything he knew. Then his apprentice killed him in his sleep. Ironic, he could save others from death, but not himself. Is it possible to learn this power? Not from a Jedi. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it does not sound like me whatsoever, but it does kind of sound like you. But uh, anyways, <laughs> what'd you say, Prude? Uh, I said just a bit. Although what I said in the chat is, is that that... AI voice back and forth dialogue is basically anytime Geo has to explain deep Twitter lore to me. <laughs> you know what's funny? Because I don't even like Star Wars. I never grew up with Star Wars. Um, I'm not a fan. I think I watched like one Star Wars in its entirety. It's because my friend dragged me to the new uh when they released the, the girl boss one, the first, what do they call that? Oh, the, the sequels? sequels? Uh yeah. 2015. Yeah, yeah, he dragged me to the theater to see it. I'm like, bro, this is terrible. This is not a very good first Star Wars impression at all. Um, but anyways, uh, I hope everyone got got in right. But uh, I'm seeing, oh, it's, yeah, there you go. It's picking up. So anyways, this is the Digital Archipelago, episode 29. Can't believe it. Next episode's 30. Wow, that's crazy. And uh, so that actually, that voice AI comes from... Uh, a good friend of ours who who did this um, nice it Ryfad on Twitter, uh, Nisit underscore. So I let me just put in the chat. Basically, nice try fed, but oh, is that what out. his name means? Yeah. Whoa! It's nice just spread out that way, so it's like nice with a T at the end, and then Ryfed. Yeah, it's it's literally nice try fed. Man, nice, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Nice Trifed made that of us. He made another one of me. And I believe uh, Luthen Plyer made one of like uh, David Attenborough dissecting uh, all the anthropologically, all the different creatures of the scene. Like I think you were included. Um, Clossington Klaus, had Klausington, a big part. Jay Burden, AA. I think you were in it. Yeah, I was. Yeah, in it was great. <laughs> that was amazing. But this uh, this week, I figure... We talk about a different, uh, a few different articles about art and civilization. We were originally going to do just the Alexander Adams' uh, newest piece. He actually personally emailed me that piece. So uh, shout out to my good friend Alexander Adams, who will be uncontent minded, but he's a busy guy. Um, and so I wanted, to, I wanted to do something with him that isn't like the usual like political hot takes on the art world. Um, oh, I forgot to ask. Did you want to do cams this week or not? You're pretty good. Prude. Nah, internet's been spotty, so let's just, yeah. Yeah, let's keep it that But way. yeah, no, he DM'd me the same article. It's good. I mean, I have, he, he, he wrote a little political pamphlet, which I thought was fantastic last year about- Artivism. 
well that no 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 the the dissident art center it was this like oh yeah that, limited yeah. run print that he had for it which was really good i need to publish my review of it but yeah no he's he's a good guy solid with the art world him and pharaoh are just they can destroy yeah. anybody with their takes 100 percent. and with him though when i when i do my content minor with him i wanted to focus more on his own artwork because i feel like me and him are similar in that uh, we both have, like, when you're an artist, but you're also a critic, it's like people, like, this, I guess, like, in the online content mill, sort of, like, see you more as a critic, and your your own personal artwork sort of gets buried. Like, I think it's because I've been working on, for the past few months, this big, like, um, commission that I can't, like, really release to the public. So that's been sort of, like, my art posting has been lagging, like, all last year, because I've been focusing on podcasting. But anyways... um. So we wanted to cover a few articles. And uh, so the reason I, I was panicking a bit because uh, Matthew the Stout, my good, my good friend Matthew, and Fen de Villiers, my other good friend, uh, they, they covered on Matthew's channel. Uh, they basically went three hours just talking about Alexander Adams' recent piece. But I wanted to explain the intro. The intro, uh, not the intro, the, the title of this stream comes from a Borshus our, um short story called the Zaire, which we both talked about before on this stream. Uh, it's from a thousand apparitions to one. It's essentially the Zaire, I believe was a, a 20 cent piece, but it's essentially the idea that a gin can plant in you an obsessive ideal that essentially destroys your life in the process. So this is, uh, let me read you the passage. So in the, in the very end of the Zaire, he says, at first, the narrator suggests that it is mind of the Zaire, but he eventually accepts that his fate, his own fate, I shall pass from 1,000 apparitions to one alone, from a very complex dream to a very simple dream. Others will dream that I am mad, that I shall dream of the Zaire. And when everyone dreams of the Zaire day and night, which will be a dream and which will be a reality, the earth or the Zaire? The Zaire is, of course, the answer, the secret of life, the all, the one, the theory to end all theories. So I think that's profound because like, it seems that in, in our world we focus too much. And I think even in this stream, we focus a bit too much on the sort of multiplicity of things that the fact that the online world can facilitate the sort of multiplicity of everything. But when you really like take a step back and you look at the sort of the one totalizing driving obsession that everybody has, but more or less the elite and the ruling class when it comes to various issues, I feel like that is what's at stake. So we live in a world where obsessive focuses on one thing or a variety of things in particular, that sort of rules us nowadays. And the articles that we're going to cover today, this week, uh, I feel like, you know, goes into that very well. So I don't know, Prue, do you have any ideas on that before we move on and then we'll get to shilling and then we'll, tackle the first article article sure. yeah i i think that you're on point there is is that even when we talk about like content creation like you just said we have a tendency to be repetitious there we every guy has their niche that they try to fulfill in part because i think that that's just by the fact that we have to capitalize ourselves to be the best at a certain trader aspect of it oh yeah um if you get big enough then you can really start delving into other areas i mean uh, academic agents a good example of this having three shows back to back that are on widely different topics from rank punditry to the arts to in-depth interviews or literature 
And, you know, but everyone else kind of has to be like, oh, well, you know, it depends also on the the medium too, right? Like, you know, most people on Twitter, you're like the wholesome Chungus art guy, as you like to describe yourself. And then on YouTube, because you're still relatively like, I mean, like you have content, you're at almost 5k. And it's just like, but people don't know you as much through that avenue as they, they may do on Twitter or elsewhere based yeah. on your writing. And so people have to get really specific and repeat one thing that they're kind of good at over and over to sort of be prolific and set a name for themselves. And you see that a lot in the culture war, like politics, especially more so than anything else, where there's always going to be a specific focus on one issue over and over and over again that you can't ever deviate from because that's what mm -hmm. you're known for, which I think ends up being a curse more than anything. But yeah, it's just. Uh, even when we talk about art, right? Like what's the same old critiques that we see even from like daily wire, you know, um, conservative types. It's just like, Oh, <laughs> modern art sucks. Why? You know, brutalism bad. And they're outside of the few artists that actively talk about it, whether it's you, Matthew, the Stoat, Pharaoh, or Alexander Adams or, or, or Fen de Vier's is yeah. that, in the, no one else is going to spearhead that conversation because even though anyone can talk about anything on the internet, most people are ridiculously out of their depth. So they have to repeat. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly. But even I, I think like when I thought of the title of the stream, I thought of the, even like the, the statue, the article that we're going to cover about the statue in New York, uh, the, the Gator Bader one, like that comes from an obsessive focus. That is like literally the the worship of liberation which we'll we'll get to but you're no you're right i mean it's funny I, i've seen a lot of people recently say that well i know i know you mostly from like your work with prude uh in this show i'm like wow that's crazy because for years like it is it is very like difficult to translate your audience like i'll be honest with you i've always said like i kind of wish i had 30k on youtube than i have on twitter but i'm almost at 30k but uh you know it's like to translate your audience is sort of a very difficult task and you have to do it through like consciously guiding them, like incentivizing to do it, especially when it comes to like pay paying customers. So I think like the reason everyone does book reviews uh, is like a reason why, because it sort of marries the both, like both worlds of podcasting. And like, I don't, I still don't consider myself quote unquote, a YouTuber that does like, you know, video essays are standalone. Like, what do we like prove? We're mostly street. We're podcasters. Let's face it. We're, well, I don't know about you, but because you oh, still do. This I, I, I like what Oren McIntyre called me on his stream. He said he he wrote columnist and YouTuber, and I was like, yeah. oh fuck yeah, we're gonna keep that one because <laughs> columnist sounds way more respectable than uh, yeah. YouTuber, any stretch of the imagination. But I mean. I, I don't like calling myself one that either because that always comes with like the, you know, like anyone can do that type of deal and it's kind of plebeian, but, <laughs> you know, maybe that's the inner elitist in me that doesn't want to be associated. But, um, you know, I, I guess that's the case, right? Is is that I'm more prolific on YouTube and it'll be weird when I'm in group chat sometimes. They're like, oh yeah, like, you know, I watched that video of yours. That's how I know you because I didn't know you had a Twitter account or vice versa with YouTube. Yeah. And it's always sucks, which is why I, I you know, I think that, doing the for example like uploading your videos or your content from youtube to substack is just like essential because the readership oh, yeah. from substack does not always mean that they know you from youtube they know you from your writing and it gets really weird sometimes when like big name people will follow you on substack but not your like youtube or whatever like i know that ns lyons from city journal i because i used one of his articles as like a backdrop for politics about the new right Oh, yeah. and, I was, and he's like oh like i got an email notification saying like oh you know he like 
followed you on or subscribed to your Substack. Oh, your ads. I, don't, I don't mean that to be like a humble brag or anything, but it's just like, well, that's kind of crazy that by happening to not make a video, but instead to write an essay, you can attract that's like a certain kinds of attention. I know for a fact a certain tech billionaire follows Martin on Substack. So the, I mean that narrows pretty specifically of like who I'm talking about when it comes to the scene. Andreessen, uh, the, yeah, Andreessen, yeah. Um, when it comes to the sector, but uh, apparently a lot of people uh, they say that we're both the, the best tag team in the sector. So that's I'm flattered by that. Um, but yeah, yeah. So no, it, it is it is essential. But also like when it comes to just your ability to. Like, it's not just translating your audience, but also, like, I mean, what, what people get out of it. Like, I like to say conversationalist because that's a very, like, fart huffy, sued type of... Uh, <laughs> but, of it but, but it works. But it works. works. Yeah. yeah. Which, by I'm the way, an esoteric conversationalist. Yeah, there you go. Like, which, by the way, me and Yiz the eunuch uh, talked about that yesterday uh, uh, on her stream. Uh, so, yeah, this is why I didn't have content money because I, I was double booked yesterday. And uh, the special opera, uh, the special content operation week, still going, still a lot of interviews. I have, uh, I believe, uh, a lot of um, content minded episodes in the can, and uh, it's going to be great. So yeah, next week is actually I'm going to release the Versa Loon episode, so that'll be pretty good. Nice. Uh, and you have, uh, you you had something, you have two things special that you recently released. Your video, uh, the last uh, prudent observations. And also, uh, you have a new series on your Substack, if I recall. So. Yeah, no, I've been particularly yeah. busy on this end as well. So, um, you know, last week we I was on Semiagog's channel. We kind of had two back-to-back episodes with regards to Digital Archipelago, and then I was on with him talking about Poland and Prometheanism. Uh, we talked, I, you know, I wanted to flesh out, and we just, you know, speaking of differences and what your audience is used to, uh, I talked about the musical company last week. Um, on my channel, I had a stream on Sondheim and marriage and sort of transcribing that to today's day and age because musicals is the one thing that I have like a deep held passion for. <laughs> I know nothing. Making me like... probably like <laughs> one of like three heterosexuals on earth that give a shit about theater, but you know, so <laughs> be it. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, no, so Substack has been a great place to put out my videos as well alongside YouTube, Odyssey, and Rumble. So I have a new real talk out talking about class and sometimes where you know you just can't escape where you're born from and that's going to express itself no matter what kind of rootless cosmopolitan you are and that's up on substack but yeah no i to force myself to write more i'm i'm doing a bi-weekly so every other week um sort of just rumination of random thoughts and had a conversation about the subject of curses you know like we are cursed to do xyz um and so that's up there but i have like three or four that are coming out in the next several days um, ranging from boredom, depression, um, the recent uh, strikes in Iran from allegedly Israel, and yeah, so much more to come. Oh, nice, nice. Um, maybe, maybe we could. Uh, I don't know. I feel like every every time I suggest, like maybe we should do. Uh, if you ever have like a geopolitics stream with Semiagog, I always, I would always, like, I would go off half cocked. I mean, especially about Iran or uh, Russia. So it was just, you know, um, but I, I have something in the works, actually. I shouldn't say publicly, but that would force me to write more. But it's in its uh, it's in its uh, in situ stages now. But uh, but I'll talk to you personally about it, Prude. But uh, it's it's a content. Uh, it's it's going to be a content operation on its own. And I'm, I'm working uh, some something out with someone. So but anyways, moving on. 
It's going to be great. So this first article, do you want to do the uh, the Dana Miller one first? Or what do you want to do first? Or, or Alexander Adams? Let's do Miller first because it's shorter. Right. All right. Yes. So this is, and actually, I, I before I forget, shout out to my good, good friend who will be on Content Minded because I have, I have like literally a million, you know when you like want someone on because you have a million things to talk about with them? Uh, my good friend, uh, Jeffrey Schollenberger, Professor Jeffrey Schollenberger sent me this article. He said of interest, and uh, I've I've talked to Dana Miller in the past. I wanted to get him on, but he's kind of like he's harder to get than the president. And uh, you know, uh, Matthew Stowe is actually friends with him in real life. So uh, hopefully, if Daniel Miller's uh, if, if DC Miller, if he's uh, listening to this, hopefully, uh, you know, we could do some business one day. So let me go to the screen share. Will it? Will it? Uh, will it? Oh, that! There you go. And boom! Uh, what's it called? Babylon in the Hudson. Yeah, there we go. Compact Magazine. So many of my friends uh, write for Compact. But uh, Prude, you have uh, a few things to say about. Compact. I. <laughs> a lot of my friends, like uh, you know, Adam Lair, Nina Power, <laughs> Jeffrey. A lot of my friends write for Compact. <laughs> I'm probably all right for compact. Who knows? Would, wouldn't, wouldn't that be nice? I just <laughs> maybe my maybe my main gripe is with Sorhab Armani and not the publication yeah. itself. But True. you know, yeah. maybe a mix of neoclassical Marxism is the real way to win the right wing over guys. A radical magazine for dis, you know, just I. He had this take the other day about uh, what was it about uh, wage stagnation or housing prices? Did you see that one? No, although. Yeah. Uh, Although it's been interesting to talk, to listen to him talk about liberalism and race, like it was just. <laughs> I think yes, that's the what libs it is, are yeah. the real racists. Yeah, BAP, BAP went went hard after him the other day. Uh, so this is about the uh, recent Ishtar uh, statue, the 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 uh, sort of terrible consuming mother archetype. It allegedly is about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but now the regime, as uh, as Annika Chayan said, they basically are just saying the quiet part out loud. And uh, yeah, so it's a symbol of a new form of cruelty, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So a massive bronze statue of a demoness now adorns the roof of a courthouse of uh, appellate division, first department of the Supreme Court of New York. Did did, R, did Notorious RBG, did she come from New York? Is that why? Uh, let's find out real quick, uh, Ruth. I would imagine that so, yeah. given her last name. Um She's probably from some part of New York City. Yeah. Uh, yeah, born in Brooklyn, you know. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, I mean, that's basically, yeah, Brooklyn yeah. is its own uh, ethno state at this point. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but, but even, like, legally, don't they have, uh, I know it's like a stereotype, like, corrupt New York judges, but it's it's the truth. Like the, Only the corruption is activist judges now in New York. So um, the work of the sculptor uh, Shahiza, Shazia uh, Sikander, Sikandar, it, an accompanying figure in nearby Madison Square Park, consists of an unsettling chimerical figure. Again, just like the Rockefeller Plaza, Sanford Biggers one. Oh, dude, uh, you have to look yeah, her up. Chimera. Look at her demon eyes in this picture. <laughs> if you look her up right now. Oh, let me, let me see if I could. Uh... Pakistani American artist installs Lady Justice sculpture outside U.S. court. Oh, Lady Justice. Damn, no, that I, is. I, I went she's with a gen. She's a gen. Okay, that's just. I mean, she's a good artist. I mean, I gotta admit that that is, does take a lot of skill. But that, like, look at this. Come on, come on. Let's see. 
open link in new. There you go. Whoa! <laughs> Is that supposed to be RBG when she was like first starting off in New York in like the 60s? Is that uh, like what's... I'm trying to find like a young photo of... Yeah, okay, no. Ginsburg in 1977. I mean... Uh, like, she is a good painter. You gotta admit, she is a good painter, but it's just like... That doesn't look anything like her. You know? I know, it doesn't. Like, I, I get what she's doing. She's appropriating the Iranian miniature for, like, uh, woke purposes, but it's it's just, you know, it's not it's not my thing. I mean, I, I like her painting, but this... this I mean, this is, like, the most syncretic form of the civil religion of like yeah. liberals it's like we're going to Pretty take much. this foreign ishtar like demon statue for that we would have seen in like ancient babylon or something like that and we're now going yeah. to implement it syncretically into our civic religion of the notorious ruth bader ginsburg and it's just like yeah and i mean daniel miller talks about that in the article which we'll discuss but it, yeah i i find that this is the case this is that we're Anyone can be a part of it. Anyone, you know, it doesn't matter if your original home culture in Pakistan, if Islam or ancient forms of culture yeah. was against abortion, you know, it doesn't matter. You have to, you know, syncretize your, your culture, your faith and traditions to the altar of baby murder. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, no, it's crazy. Like, look at, look at like those eyes are incredible. She must be a gin. I feel that's, that's probably, listen, I'm not saying this racially. I'm just saying that there's something going on here. Like, uh, I got to admit, like her, her artwork is, it, it, it does appeal to me in the way that she's using the Iranian miniature style. Uh, you know, I mean, she is a good artist, but I mean, when you use that uh, talent for evil, uh, let me, let me go see what the chat says. What do you guys think of it? Um, utterly disgusting. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. The, <laughs> the poor queen, the poor queen. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, also, I don't see those super chats. Need those super chats, people. Come on. I had to sacrifice uh, the, the algorithm for... Oh, I see my good friend John Chapman just needed a super chat. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll, see. Uh, we'll read it at the end. But anyways, uh, <laughs> GF low res antichrist. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's Antichrist. I love that. That's it. We got to use that for so we can use that for a title for an episode. Low res Antichrist. <laughs> Antichrist. Uh, oh, we could use that for next week because the the satanic you know temple, which is unfortunately a registered religion here in the United States, because you know yeah. tax purposes, they are apparently opening up a certain uh, clinic in New Mexico for Whoa. um you know their ritualistic baby murder and. It's called the the Samuel Alito's Moms like Satanic Temple Women's Center or whatever. And their whole bit tongue in cheek is like for the women who couldn't get one, but you know, honor their legacy. And it's just like, okay, you wow. know. Um I hope Alito sues them into uh, the Stone Age for that. Yeah, thing. I hope so. Yeah. That's incredible. Like but there's I, but your you know nothing shocks me. right there. Yeah, I'm not yes. shocked either. <laughs> yeah, it's like nothing shocks me anymore with these people. Um just saying the quiet part. So um Apart from late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg's trademark Liberace S. Collar, which I did paint in my one uh, painting of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, it is a sculptural expression of the age of Me Too, a symbol of new forms of power. Cruelty. Exactly. Sk uh, Secunder's monstrous bronze 
art, bronzes are arguably the most interesting public art pieces to appear in some years. They ditched the flair and flat. They ditched the flat classical references employed by Luciano um, Garbati's Medusa with the head of Perseus, a statue of a woman holding a man's severed head that was installed in the Lower Manhattan wake of the Weinstein trial. God, and instead that—that's like total girl boss right there, eh? Like just, just John like John eleven thirty-five. wept. But you know what's funny with the Weinstein thing is that it literally, like, girl boss is most affected. Like they didn't go after the cheese pizza act, the pizza related activity that happened in you know happens in Hollywood. They go after Weinstein, which I mean, I'm not going to say Weinstein was a good guy. But no, but I mean, like, the whole process yeah. of the trial gave girl bosses an out and gave every middling career yeah. woman who works in Hollywood, who works in any institution, who probably did. Like Alyssa Milano. Well, yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> I was just thinking about the fact that the dirty secret that everyone knows about Hollywood is the, that, casting, couch. Is the casting couch. Everyone knows this, and it's been known. You want to be, ah, don't you? Like, that's been around forever. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but now if you ever regret that decision in the same way that Obama's dear colleague letter basically meant if you woke up from a one night stand and you really didn't like who you slept with, it could you could call that a certain allegation and ruin a man's career in college uh, and for the rest of his life. And now, you know, if you decide to, you know, you know, look back on your life, then you can just bring out these allegations and come back. I mean, we're still living in the fallout of the Me Too era. Like everyone thinks that it disappeared, but I mean, it's still there. It happened in every uh, industry, yeah. It happened in every industry. It still happens to this day. Even pro um, wrestling, not not even like that happened as well. No one's no one was safe. Um, yeah. Although Louis C.K. is slowly crawling his way back to relevancy again. So I mean, yeah, someone... because he's got to parrot establishment points, though. That's the thing. Oh well, yeah, to... he's got to talk yeah. about open borders and shit and why that's so good and why <laughs> you know he has to forgive everybody for having that one episode in in Louis where he pressed the button on the art gallery and the n-word was shouted on a speaker you know he's got to oh forgive himself for all these things yeah that's in an episode i don't know if you ever watched the show but like he goes to an art gallery with this woman and he's like don't press the button and like he does then the, the n-word <laughs> that was in the uh that was kind of like the south park episode the late the back in the day where it's like the tunnel of intolerance <laughs> and it's like then carmen's like let's do it again let's go again and it's like oh man is that the one with the uh or is that the museum for tolerance that you're talking yeah, the museum about? for tolerance okay. yeah yeah where it has yeah. like that really awkward overly on the nose about a certain group of people from brooklyn <laughs> exactly yeah um the bruni relief the queen of night currently held in the british museum believed to represent the love god ishtar uh the love goddess ishtar namesake of the biblical aster or perhaps the earth goddess arashikag uh Erishkiga. The figure is also the basis of the Hellenic Medusa via the Cretan woman with the snakes. The story of Perseus's mythical defeat of Medusa. Oh, is that with the shield? The golden shield? I think so. Yeah. Is also the story of what 19th century archaeologists call the Dorian invasion, where Mycenaeus replaced the, the Pelagian population of Greece and subsumed their Near Eastern belief into the Olympian pantheon. Ishtar, who had previously been a goddess, was now demoted to a demon in line with the civilizing mission of Greek religion as a whole. The Olympian gods, unlike their titanic predecessors, were conceptual and representational, as opposed to energetic and chthonic. Each of the... Yeah, so again, this is the same Camille Paglia... um, 
oh, it doesn't let me highlight. It's like a white highlight. Um, equation with the sort of ancient sort of Chthonic longhouse goddesses and the higher civilizational, uh, you know, patriarchal gods, the pantheon that replaced them. But the difference being is that they are representational, they're conceptual, they have a sort of comportment within the human world. They're no longer this sort of earthly force that represented these matriarchal goddesses that you have in very primitive longhouse, uh, you know, earth goddess cult civilization. Well, I wouldn't even call them civilizations, but you get the point. Each of the 12 major deities that composed the Greek pantheon embodied a distinct set of ideas. The mythological stories the mythological stories connecting, connecting them express conceptual contents. Accordingly, the goddess of desire was betrothed to the crippled god of technology. Wow, that's funny. Technology and desire. Wow. That's what even the Greeks saw <laughs> with technics, right? What drives technics. But pursued a long-term affair with the god of war. What is at stake here as a conceptual thesis about the relation between technology, war, desire, which would ultimately lay the foundations for Greek philosophic thought? Philosophical thought. In a marked contrast, as S.H. Hook points out in Babylonian and Assyrian religion, pioneered Assyriologist Nut Leonard Talquest, standard work Akadisk Gatarpithia, includes a descriptive descriptive list of the Akkadian gods, <laughs> Sargon of Akkad, uh, writing to a more than 240 pages that most defy all efforts to recover their meanings. To paraphrase Hegel, the secrets of the Assyrians also were the secrets for the Assyrians. Their meanings can't be recovered because they depend on specific political stratagems and the elaborate arbitrary systems of rules and superstitions they codified similar to incoherent and arbitrary ideology that reigns over the planet today, what is the conceptual meaning, for example, of the contemporary deities Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Say or the deity George Floyd? Like Voodoo Lawa or the ancient Mexican deities, the half-humanoid, half-animal Ishtar is representation of psychic energy in a cosmos conceived as a contest of animist forces that must be placated as opposed to rationally knowledgeable or knowable humanoid whole harmon or sorry harmonious whole harmonious whole her meaning derives from the channeling of those energies into ceremonial and magical rites as opposed to philosophic and theological abstractions available for analysis by the mind all, all of this allows us to view Sikander's intervention not as a progressive feminist revision of the co concept of justice but a symbolic regression to a more primitive forces and specifically the forces of scapegoat mechanisms and er ritual underpinnings all underpinning all others as the philosopher René Girard showed the justice system originally derived from this mechanism and its ritualized forms but domesticates it by submitting to a higher theoretical principles when the neutrality of the system is called into question, it has been in recent years, not least by, by Me Too, the primal impulse to discard psychic violence through sacrificial uh, propedition resurfaces from the underworld to wander through the world in search of blood. Whoa! Whoa! Incredible. Incredible. No, that's 100% true. I mean, even my... Uh, Way before the, the the global pandemic, my a long form 
70 pager, uh, you know, bodily profanations goes into that with the, uh, you know, abortions, normal gallery. And uh, it, it's funny though. There's two ideas here. One of course is the, like the, the sort of primordial longing that's it's sort of like we're toppling the sort of theist, you know, the, the sort of monotheistic Christian ideas that were in some ways a perfection of that Hellenism and both, you know, the, the sort of uh, idea of uh, between Jerusalem and, and Athens, right? The, the, like there's a lot of Hellenism there, even like, you know, Pope, uh, you know, the late Pope Benedict saw that in his works, right? The th sort of theoretical ideal of principles, that is, we're sort of going back to those ancient uh, lunar mother cults that are very chthonic and, and they're all embodied with energies and, and they're possessed by lesser demons and so forth. It's like, we're going back through like wokeness. It's like, we're, we're arriving back at the mother cult. And uh, that's one idea, but also the cruelty of it, the Girardian cruelty in the ritual of worshiping Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but the cruelty towards the masculine, towards those ordering principles that are there in civilization those are being toppled by the cruel, terrible mother goddess that eats her own children. Uh, that's it's incredible. The the principle of cruelty, I feel, is like uh, Daniel Miller. He really uh, hit it on the head. But uh, you know, my, I'm getting cod mouths. You, you, what do you think of this? <laughs> what do you think of this, Prude? Uh, one of the first things that came to my mind reading this earlier was the Covey Anon's take of the woke are more correct in the mainstream. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the woke are fundamentally aware of the fact that um, aborting tr children, um, you know, getting rid of them for the sake of having their own lives or liberation, because most of that procedure is elective. It is not because of the rare instances where a mother's life is in danger or it's like an ectopic pregnancy. Those things are rare um, to such a degree that like 90 plus percent of all of that procedure is done electively so people can keep going at it remember that hollywood actress that said i wouldn't be here without a yeah without it and so th they they know what they're doing they yeah. they are more correct in the mainstream that like oh it's bad no like they're correct in the instance that it's almost like the the two like the bell curve meme like you know like this is actually no it's nuanced and stuff in the middle and then like both ends of the spectrum are like no this is like liberation blood cult sacrifice and so what a better way to represent a demon that illustrated, you know, the need for liberation, the need to emancipate yourself through blood sacrifice to live your own life than to depict yeah. her as that. But at the same time, right, that Miller is on point to suggest that what we are doing is sublimating other religious traditions and practices and syncretically moving them in with our own uh faiths and beliefs. I mean, what is Ruth Bader Ginsburg nowadays other than a deceased demigod of you know woke emancipatory practices and policy and though so we must immortalize her and how do we do that well we echo the same sort of ideas that she is a mother goddess or a notorious you know rbg or whatever all the things that would tell us that in this new civic religion um women have toppled men and that they are the ones there because at the end of the day when our gods this pantheon that we have, whether it be George Floyd or um, really anyone they've tried to make martyrs out of the brown and black masses that they now call themselves as brown and black bodies, which is even more dehumanizing. But again, yeah, more, more correct and uh, woke being more correct in the mainstream once more because they have no problem with um, dehumanization if it means to accomplish a political goal. And that means their own allies will do it to a point where 
you know, like brown or black pride is just derived down to skin color, meaning that your culture, your identity is absolutely useless if it only is a means to an end. And they are fundamentally aware of that, right? And so in these instances of public sculptures and buildings, like this pairs very well with that god-awful Martin Luther King <laughs> yeah. arms one. Yeah. Is what is it based off of? It's based off a photograph of when they received notification that he won the Nobel Peace Prize. And he's hugging uh, Coretta Scott King, his wife. Whom yeah. at, she was abused. Uh, she knew that he was a philanderer and cheated and um, had forced himself onto white women and things like that. But, you know, you have to smile for the camera. And so what is it other than just an amorphous, disgusting blob that, honest to God, just looks like two turds hugging each other and <laughs> or touching each other? For the sole purpose of to demoralize. And these are statues and things that you have to do in. I mean, in ancient times, you know, you topple another city-state and you take their temples, you take their idols, and you have them prostrate before your god, right? And the same thing is happening here, where the, the civic religion is being forced in and contorted into a position where people, like your average normie Republican who believes that, you know, like the MLK vision of judging people by the content of their character and being meritocratic and not to be racist. And hmm. all of a sudden, you have to prostrate before this disgusting, amorphous bronze blob that's meant to be hugging, when really, at the same time, you know, you have to ignore the uncomfortable truths or the apocrypha or the legends that you might have heard from other people that are now deemed heretics and canceled in a polite society. And so, yeah, there is cruelty to it. Not cruelty to the eyes. I mean, that can be demonstrably true, because it's ugly both of these statues yeah. are but it's cruelty in the essence that this one's it, less ugly but it's ugly for different reasons yeah, i mean it, it represents. It, yeah, exactly yeah. and so they actually got a decent artist to do it this time so that that goes a long way right yeah but it, yeah. it to me it, it demonstrates the cruelty isn't so much the you know this pantheon of deities that the progressives have like they have their pantheon we know them they talk oh, yeah. about them every day um they they do what they, they do a liturgy for the departed every time that someone wants to talk about blm where they'll go through everyone from michael brown to trayvon martin to whoever to freddie gray or to more recently whoever just sandra bland yeah. yeah all of them all of them you all know say their names and you know instead, what's funny the, the one that didn't get like really famous was freddie freddie gray because like that was like a legit case of police brutality the guy was just selling loose cigarettes and the police just like choked him out. Like yeah. That, yeah. Like that was the one I feel like he should have been George Floyd. Like he should have been like Floyd because that was like a clear case. Like that was cut and dry, you know, like, whereas with Floyd, wow, well, you know, not to get into when it. Did, oh, well he was like 2015. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. before an election, um, you know, what's funny. Your, 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 your black and brown body's death is only useful during election cycles. And I think that that's why there's a reasons. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cut open, dry police brutality, but to get the final point across is that the real cruelty is for ordinary people that don't buy into this stuff that aren't overly political. And yeah. what are these signs for it is, uh, these statues, these flags, these mottos and signs, they are a reminder that you are under occupation. Yeah, and I think, like, there is a clear academic uh, literature to the bodies thing. Like, of course, it comes from, like, bodies being the site of the operations of power. But it does lend into, like, a weird metaphysics that is it goes unspoken of. Like, intergenerational trauma is one of them. And it's funny how these, like, secular, largely, like, some of them are, like, outright atheists, like uh, Tanishi Coates. Like, these, you know 
by POC academics are largely speaking for like like religious beliefs among like African Americans in, in like in America is like it's more complicated now because I do notice that like for example I've I, I pointed this out like a lot of times in the group chat it seems like the sort of like wokeified like black Twitter people like they're the ones who are hit hardest with like going in like on propaganda like I've literally seen a lot of like these like bio POC, like art ho Twitter people, like, like explicitly po posting antinatalism on the TL. Like, it seems that antinatalism is like the biggest target for them. Like it used to be like the conservative, like, um, fixation, which is like a fair, a good point. I'm not counter signaling it. Like the fixation on like Margaret Sanger and eugenics. But I, I noticed like antinatalism is like almost going to be like the next big push among a lot of these like preferred populations on the political left, like the progressive stack, it seems like uh, they're priming it. They have to like eat, eat away at the inherent religiosity of, for example, Hispanics and like certain Asian groups. Like they, they have to like eat away at like the pro natalist religious beliefs of these communities. Whereas I think like the, you know, in America with like the by POC populations, they're much they're much easier to prime for this type of thinking because it seems to be like wherever the regime goes, like these populate, like them and the ironically enough, like them and the white liberals are like the most emphatic when it comes to antinatalism, like especially white liberal women that like, you know, especially the white liberal zoomer women that have like this incredible anxiety. Like, I think like the white women bashing is like kind of like safe edgy on the political right. You know what I mean? Prove like, I feel like we bash them too much. I feel yeah. like it's not. I mean, every, everything from SSRI posting to um, fisted by Foucault's comments to Glenn Greenwald yeah. about a dog uh, sanctuary, to which he famously <laughs> said, "You're saving thousands of dogs from abuse from white women." Like it's safe, oh, um, it's and safe I think, it, edgy, yeah. yeah, it's safe, edgy, and it's not. Yeah. I don't think it's very productive in the long run. Like, okay, I fundamentally know not everyone's going to be saved. You're not going to like be able to convince these people. There are to, a lot of. There are there a lot are, of white women that are like soldiers of the regime, obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But there's also a large chunk of them um, that, are that are seen as problematic and yeah. problematic <laughs> yeah. or demonized and things like yeah. that. And it's just on one hand, white I, women voted for Trump. That's yeah. who Trump elected white women. Yeah. yeah that that comes days? to my mind almost instantly. And I mean, they yeah. still did in large numbers for in 2020, I think more than 2016, but I, I I don't like it to a degree that, but at the same time, it's also like appropriate and it is safe. Karen is an ethnic slur, in my opinion. I feel like she uh, got rid of the Karen. You know, I yeah. I I kind of want to watch the movie that they made about her. You know, they they did that stupid. Oh yeah, awful the psychotic, racist, the psychotic white suburban neighbor, um, uh, who's racist and doesn't like the interracial couple that like just moved in across like net the street. I kind of want. We should review that movie. One of these. We days. should. Did you see the one with the 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 large black woman? The where she's like, she like tries to be cool with the kids, but then she oh like, oh the the party one the one yeah. with um Octavia Spencer Octavia Spencer that's her name yeah yeah she's actually I, a good like Octavia she, Spencer is actually a decent like a very good actress like she's not she, a bad like, actress yeah. I, I saw I saw Red Letter Media's review of it and it only makes me want to watch it more because it's like the classic slasher trope of kids going partying and then like ultimately meet yeah. their demise but instead it's like 
cool middle-aged black woman decides to party with like a bunch of zoomers and proceeds yeah. to kill them all like it's, <laughs> it's like hansel and gretel but you know yeah. the witch just wants to kill you for doing mdma or something and <laughs> I, um, I felt bad for her though because they like abandoned her like they, she's like oh we're just like you know when like you you admit that you're just using somebody it had that awkwardness to it. You know what I mean? Like I felt bad for her in the film. Not that like, not that she was justified in like, you know, redacting the zoomers, but it's yeah. What were we going to say? Prude, I well, cut you no, the other point that you made though, about like antinatalism, this, yeah. this strikes me as interesting because like, and I hate the fact that I'm using to reference Twitter again, but there was a thread that had managed to make it into our circles, which is always bizarre sometimes when there's like a weird crossover, but it was yeah. like a 30 something year old black woman did this long thread about her dating stuff. Like, she's Oh, like, I think I saw that. Yeah. That one, the one where she's like, well, this is me. I go out on dates without any makeup. So people kind of get the expectation of what they're, what they're going to see. Right. And she mm -hmm. just talks about the people that she's dated and some of the problems. Probably more women should do that. And I, to some extent, I, yeah, I kind of agree with that to some extent, but, um, you're gonna marry someone. You got to know what she looks like. Well, yeah, makeup. that I agree Come with. On. I, I'm, oh, okay. You're talking about makeup. Yeah. I'm firmly, I some eyeliner yeah. is nice, but I, I'm pretty much most of the people I've been with actually look better without makeup than they do with it. But yeah. um, there was uh, this yes, one video where with. this this Asian like this Asian mid, this Vietnamese mid, she made she through makeup she made herself look like a white woman, and I'm like that's terrible. That's like you know you should have pride in yourself and your ethnicity like. That's what I feel like, you know, you know, Asian women that get those like eye surgery things. Well, it's like, it's like the AI, you know, the, <laughs> the AI, well, we can, I know that you talked about this with Jay Burden yesterday. No, but you had a few takes. We were going to discuss this. Oh, about the, oh yeah. God. Yeah. So no, but what, what made me laugh though is, is that what, who tweeted this out? Some, one of our mutuals that tweeted it out where it was like, per, like someone had posted this picture on Twitter and I'm sure that people who are on Twitter have seen it make the rounds where it's like three women in bikinis all shoulder to shoulder hugging each other or whatever and it and it's an ai generated image but it looks good um to say the least and it was like you know creates the perfect woman it's a white woman that was the funny <laughs> bit that i had to chuckle at but um, no white woman with no tattoos yeah white woman with no tattoos um and no, yeah no piercings and no piercings so you know uh, you know the stay winning fellas stay winning but um i what i what i think about all these things especially that was is that it's going to be really quickly uh, to me, this novelty bit about um, the AI generated women or whatnot. I think the real interesting fact, and I think that this was something that was also said already, but it bears repeating is, is that how much historical revisionism goes throughout these parts is insane. You know, yeah. politics is a lie. Politics, you know, helps mask political formulas, help mask history, helps mask the bitter, ugly truths. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr. is the ultimate example of this. I mean, just read Sam Francis's article about the Martin Luther, the King holiday and its meaning. And this was back in the 1990s. For he American got shredded for that article even back then. Well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. he was the epicenter of the whole debate in, the, in 1983. I mean, he worked on the Senate yeah. staff and part of documenting research and the reason why we're going to have to wait four more years for all the FBI MLK docs to be unsealed. And even then I'm sure the FBI will and department of justice will come up with reasons to keep them sealed because we can't yeah. have uncomfortable truths come out. Now imagine how effective it's going to be, whether through chat GPT or through, uh, you know, Photoshop or compiling documents or images and whatnot. History is gone. 
Like the end of history has taken on a whole new concept. The end of history is an academic discipline is going to be fundamentally changed by the yeah. near schizophrenic levels of fake bullshit and documentation and how easy it would be. Right. Like I, I think about a lot Incredibly of debates. easy. Well, yeah. think about, think about all the his think about like, for instance, like the history of the church, like yeah. even prior to the schism of the East and the West, there were already huge struggles and issues about um, forgeries. And, you know, like, even Tertullian, right, was calling out people being like, listen, like some of the things I've been told by a presbyter was this like fake, like gospel about like the acts of Paul and Thecla. And it's like, I had like, he has to be thoroughly condemned. And it's just like, yeah, if it was a problem back then for all this forgery bullshit or like the, the pseudo Isidorian decretals or whatever, all these things, imagine how bad the historical, like academic discipline is going to be fucked by all this AI generated stuff. And well, it's like, again, hard to gauge like historical records in the norm and even like the most normal of like, even in the 20th century where there is mass documentation of most things. It's still impossible to yeah. do it. Just ask David Irving. <laughs> <laughs> Just that's good. Who is that other one? The, oh, uh, was his name? Clark or David? Oh, you know, the one where he like trolls the tour guides. Oh yeah. Yeah. But he's like, he's of this ethnicity himself. Like, Oh man, I can't just cause Matthew is like, he's like, Jew, Jew, you have to like watch these. He did this in like 92, <laughs> like, but um, no, it's, it's funny though. Uh, like in the most normal, like even in ancient history, like a lot of accounts of, uh, you know, the Peloponnesian war or uh, like a lot of accounts of even, even like something that is like quite documented. Well, like the reign of Caesar, for instance, and his his uh his own personal writings there's still like is an ambiguity there like i remember I, I saw this land shark take the other day about it's good that certain philosophers only have fragments so we could like you know we can chew over them for centuries whereas if they got the you know if the whole david cole thank you thank you matthew david cole um <laughs> oh um so yeah so like if we were to chew over their whole record it just the magic would be lost but I feel like nowadays, like the ambiguity of it, like imagine future historians, like, uh, you know, uncovering the Jordan Peterson or like the recent uh, Ben Shapiro ones. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, it'll be really hard. I mean, sometimes it'll be blatantly obvious, like when like the Jordan Peterson deep fake about him talking about, you know, it's chaos when the woman that you're about to sleep with also has a dick, but it's not, it'll be <laughs> or the more close one. Like explain yeah. the rhizome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that one's perfect. You better tell me what a body without organs is. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think it'll be harder for instance, when you look at something like his conservative quote unquote manifesto, and then you oh. compare it to skeptical waves made an AI like generated i think it's skeptical waves but someone had done like a deep fake voice of him like basically word vomit thesaurus garbage about metaphysics and culture and politics and i used it and i used a video of kermit the frog talking and just making fun of it but that stuff sounds so incoherent yet it's in that uncanny valley where like oh well you know maybe out of context a snippet of this or a snippet of that could be said elsewhere and they're getting really good at kermit the frog orgasming you remember that one Oh God! Yeah. Or is it Jordan um, Peterson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. But so yeah, I just I think that it's going to be really we're entering a new age of schizophrenia, uh, more than we've ever anticipated before. Hundred percent. And it's going to be easier than ever to determine for the regime to determine what is fake and and what isn't. 
And, um, you know, even with these Ishtar-like statues or these disgusting murals of George Floyd, the overdose victim, all these things tell us that it doesn't matter if we were there for it, what we saw with our own eyes, because they can come up with fake video, they can come up with whatever to supplement their, their narrative for it and tell you to don't believe your lying eyes. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a very dangerous precipice that we are only beginning to inherit. Exactly. And also, uh, fellas, I, I do have a PayPal in the description if you don't want to give money to YouTube. But uh, anyways, um, no, yeah, it's true. You had a, you had a take about, um, but the ambiguity of it, I think, is fascinating. I do think that eventually um, society will sort of adapt to the ambiguity of text and voice. Like there was this take about the e-girl thing that uh, our good friend Poison Berry had. Of course, listen. No, no, no real man can understand the, uh, the darker side of women, the way that another woman can. And so I think that's why poison berry is effective. Also, she's an autistic woman. So that's probably why, but she had this take where, um, she said that essentially AI deep fakes, uh, voice deep fakes will force e-girls back into the original internet state of anonymity, except for outright who is. Right. And she had this, this brilliant take where it's like it would basically force if uh, people that, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, she would force the e-girl back into a state of anonymity the way that the original Internet e-girl fem cells were. They were and on posters. A lot of people thought that they were men. And uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but I'm just saying that it's funny how it would rearrange the dynamic on the Internet to where women would have to find ways to post again through the anonymous without their image, without relying on their own, uh, you know, their own visage to attract attention. So I wonder if that, and, and men as well, men would also be forced harder into anonymity. Uh, it wouldn't be good to get podcast guests, but I guess, you know, that's a risk you take. Um, maybe everyone will have voice changers like Zuri H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, but they could be a totally different voice. Yeah. You know, instead of the robot overture, it could be like a totally different human voice knowing that, you know, oh, yeah, like, oh, that's zero HP Lovecraft's voice. And it's like, no, it's not. But it sounds much more human than what he originally used. Right. It'll sound like another podcast. Yeah, it'll yeah. sound like another podcaster and he can shoot his... Scott Greer's voice or something. Like that. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I want I think... Lambda's voice. I wish I had Lambda's voice. Yeah. yeah. Luke's, Luke's got a great voice. Um, yeah. Matches the face and beard perfectly. But what was this going Godward take you wanted to dissect? Oh, so okay. The the, the backdrop of this was is that there was JJ the Jockoff plane. <laughs> JJ, yeah. This all starts with our our mutual friend, although he doesn't go by that anymore because he got banned. Yeah, yeah. Um. He's the he's the little engine that touched himself. Now <laughs> I love how people I love how people in their comments like her fans or simp's were like like oh this guy's obviously a pervert because he has a name like JJ the the little engine that touched himself. <laughs> Like you should have heard his like last two other account names about trains and planes, but, you know, <laughs> like total humorless groans. I hate to say, I, listen, listen, listen. I don't want to go there. Uh, listen, <laughs> you're a crone. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. But it's like you're a crone, and <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, no, JJ. Listen, JJ is not a woman. He's the farthest thing from a woman. He is. The, he he makes Geo look tame in the horny posting <laughs> that he does. And you know God why? Because he's actually it. had sex. That's why. <laughs> like it's he's it's like if Geo had... and then learning that he's married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
He has these uh, posts about his his, his sister in law. <laughs> dear God. Uh, um, and yeah, it's because um, he has had it. I guess that's a valid point of contention. But anyways, Geo had sex. Oh, the posting would never stop. Um, <laughs> and it, it'll happen eventually. I had this tweet about like I was gonna respond to an e girl. Uh, she she's saying like about having sex and the inspiration. I'm like one sexual act would probably inspire, uh, you know, <laughs> oodles and oodles of artwork in certain people. So you never know. Um. Anyways, Geo go has go sex once creates the next Citizen Kane. Um, <laughs> but no, okay. So the context for this was that the article said explicitly a a, a millionaire, a multi-millionaire Twitch streamer, which there are very few ways women on Twitch get a lot of money that way um, was, you know, she had a picture of her breaking down and crying in reaction to that. Someone had made deep fake yeah. AI generated pornography of this individual, which I mean, we can admit is terrible, which it's is not, an, which yeah. is an awful act. Um, it's, it's bad and it's not good. And I think yeah. that that may have an implication about, I think that that will force to some extent modesty because yeah. in an over-sexualized culture and well, let's face it, we do have one. And yeah. it's, which is only, but it's made the sexual marketplace much more stratified, more men, and also by extent women nowadays. To, uh, Wait, sorry to interrupt you. Many Do such you... cases. No. <laughs> but Cody Browning's saying, you're... no, I, I, I would, I, I feel I like I'd not. be risking too much. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. For that, for that exact purpose. Um, yeah, I'd yeah. be risking too much. Uh, but to, to get back to it. So yeah, this woman had a picture of her crying and um you know again the act itself is evil and i think in an over sexualized marketplace where people are having less sex than ever you're going to see a you know quote unquote dare coomer style takes of people <laughs> um go out of their way and make these things and nowadays like we talked about earlier with only fans like the fantasy of the girl next door can be achieved for only 8.99 a month and with certain AI tools, you can create it yourself more or less for free, lest you pay a subscription service to that AI thing, yeah. which is even more terrifying. So yeah. it, I, let's get that out of the way. This is a clearly a bad thing that happened to this woman. It sucks. Right. It's yeah. not good. I condemn it and I will disavow, you know, don't be making AI pornography of anybody. And so JJ, as we, we affectionately will call him, not the little engine that touched himself. Yeah. But JJ makes a tweet that says, you know, anything that makes e-girls cry is net good on society. Oh, that was that was just designed for rage bait. Like that yeah. was it, yeah. It, it was it was a rage bait post, yeah. and to which he has explained in further detail in GCs and other places that like the the implication would be that this is going to force a new kind of form of modesty or to yeah. get women off camera. And, you know, um, so the Going Godward podcast, which is just what a, it is a woman, right? A married woman. Is she, um, does she still do podcasts or? I, th I don't, I th well, her thing is Going Godward, right? I mean, she's got a yeah. large account. She's got like 16K followers. She's got more than Yeah. Um, you know, you know, listen, I, I tried to, listen, I tolerated her for a bit. I even made a video about her thread, okay? In a positive light. She didn't even mutual me. Apparently yeah, she I follows me that. and I didn't know why. I thought that was strange because I didn't. I don't know about her. A soft blocker now. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I won't do that. Um, no. Uh, but like, no, she didn't even follow me back. I give, I unfollowed her. I'm like, you crazy? get <laughs> um, out of here. I don't follow her. I just didn't know that she followed me. Um, you know what's funny? Every time a man complains about a woman, then you'll have like a million 
like of these same like trad feminists that are like, well, you deserve it because you well, expected her to call you we're back. Gonna get, we're gonna get into that <laughs> we'll in just a second. We'll get Matthew we'll, is a good take as well. I want to go over. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that in just a second because the, the I can believe it. She, I did. I, it was an edited video too. I, I put a lot of work in that video. I can't believe it. Never again. Never edited again. video, five dollar. Anyways. Um, <laughs> No, no follow back, no mutual. But anyways, um, so what? What? Are, so she she quotes. I know she, I she, sound like a total. She yeah. screenshots the tweet that JJ makes. Yeah, and says that, not like, even quote tweets. Yeah, not even quote tweeting, which I guess is fine, right? Yeah, like, you don't want to. We do that all the. We time. do that all the time. If you don't want to get blocked on Twitter, always screenshot and post your dunk. Never quote tweet unless you're risky. Like I'll sometimes reply in the news to with certain memes and things, but yeah. never quote tweet a shit lib directly because that's how you get reported. Um, and I block so, them and screen. Well, oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. I, I have more like I have more Twitter accounts that are for advertising than I do actual people I have blocked. So every time like a tweet yeah. comes up, it's like promoted by Variety Magazine or MSNBC or Peacock, they're all blocked. So almost every major streaming service on Twitter I have blocked. <laughs> <laughs> so she she quotes, she screenshots JJ's take and she says something along the lines of like, this is evil, this is misogyny. And like, if you're like supporting, like, you know, whatever JJ is saying about making e-girls cry is a net good on civilization, then you're an ally of evil. Uh, that was her take. And the, and the replies, which again, this is a this is a rage bait shit post. Yeah, but the replies to it were the more interesting thing because there was this guy, uh, who had like a, a pipe. He was wearing a tweed jacket, and it was set in a field. Had a very rhizoma school feel about it. <laughs> wholesome chungus, wholesome chungus, communitarian, dark academia dress style, very Victorian, very you know. I'm just like Chesterton. Yeah, I'm just like <laughs> Chesterton. I'm just like C.S. Lewis. I'm just like Tolkien. But his his response was like misogyny, just evil, ugly misogyny. And I just, I got this innate gut reaction of just like, you know, conservatives often talk about how, you know, or reactionaries or hard rightists or dissident rightists will always say that, you know, yesterday's revolutionary is today's conservative. We have that conquest three laws, all that jazz. Like yeah. the iron law of the leftist ratchet turning and how the ratchet Paul keeps us from going backwards in a right wing direction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wholesome chungus communitarian dark academic, just like Tolkien. But thank you, Matthew. Perfectly, <laughs> perfectly put in all caps. And he goes off, and there were dozens of replies like this. And I just couldn't help to think to myself, whatever today's quote unquote aspects of trads are, like, unless you're purposefully forcing the level of. I don't know, not, I guess, borderline white Sharia. Like if you were, for instance, like head coverings in church, right? Like if you were actually going to enforce that. And I know some places do. I know that Catholic and Orthodox yeah. churches do. But that used to be tradition for a very long time. But some My places, mother remembers that. Yeah, and some places don't do it. Um, and to me, it's sometimes even bizarre when I walk into my parish and the women cover their heads because it's something I'm just fundamentally not ever used to. I think, I think younger women look good in that. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. But I can't help but think to myself, man, you my know, my friend Ellie of, wears it at church. A lot of a lot of trad um, posting literally is as AA and Red Hawk were talking about. It really is just '90s feminism. Yeah, you know, I, I, I said that in the group chat. Like, this is the this is the uh, desperate for pussy boys. Just like misogyny. This is just really bad misogyny. And 
That would be Earth. such a wholesome husband on their I would, heckin', yeah, I'd be on her heckin' homestead. In our homestead, where I work from home with my tech job, where I make 250k a year, and I don't have to do any real manual labor in my life because I've never had to experience it. And I would probably ask for neighbors or the help to take care of the chicken shit. Yeah, like that's the kind of thing that irks me because unless you actually get your hands in it and start cleaning around, like yeah, you know, chickens are hard work. Sorry, like they're great entertainment. I love them to death. I love the ones that we own. But fuck, uh, you know, you're going you're gonna to get your hands dirty and you're going to like get your clothes. And it's just but everything is about aesthetics and it implicates a vision of work that's there. And it's a virtue signal. And that's what irks the shit out of me about this kind of like discussion. And Twitter's the worst place for it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why Bap goes off of them so much. And you know? with, with totally. Not that I agree with everything he says, obviously, like he, he has like he goes way too far against like religion and trads. And, yes. But yeah. Yeah. But those, saying, but those who but those who wear it like a skin suit or those yeah. who wear it in the like my fellow kids or you know fellow other types but it illustrates to me a, a, a fundamental problem with the social space because if being a traditionalist just means i have to go back to the sex in the city days of like the late 90s early 2000s i'm only going to end up where i met by the time my kids are born like what yeah. have we what have we what have we what have we held back what did we retard we didn't do anything except make it a lifestyle choice that fundamentally ends up in the same direction of unhappiness without meaning and puts us in a percentage where all of a sudden that's where we're at. And I, to me, it just irked me because all of this is, is a woman crying out for attention because someone yeah. said something that hurt her feelings. And I don't care what content or, or aspect of, politics or religion or if you're a pure Nietzschean ubermensch or you're a, a neo-pagan or whatever like this is all a crock of shit and it yeah. frustrates me that we have to acknowledge that it isn't i'm tired of playing that game i i think for instance that this whole ai porn thing is disgusting it is evil i will reiterate yeah. that point again but i think what what just gets stuck in my craw about it is this just like and and jj made a reply that was quite good he says listen this person has made millions of dollars off men simping for their and sex. I was going to say a similar take, but I was like, oh, that's what, yeah. that's what it is. What is every yeah. titty streamer or hot tub streamer on Twitch right now? It is soft core pornography and it is nothing more than just individuals in the name of emancipation, prostituting themselves out to an algorithm and the hopes that they'll get promoted. And what's even yeah. worse is if you take a look at the data for say only fans or mini vids or whatever, that the top 30% of content creators only make a couple hundred bucks a year. And so you're already playing a very niche game where it's very unlikely for you to make a ton of money in the name of emancipation or whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, you've made 12 bucks that year off of your pictures. They're on the internet forever. A data leak yep. can happen. And then they're definitely forever. And all it takes is for some one horny dickhead to go out and make AI generated pornography of it or worse, send it to your employer, send it to your family, send it to your sister, your boyfriend, your brother, and then what? Your life's ruined. And so, I, if yeah. anything, it's the long-form consequences of the digital age and an over-sexualized market where anyone can be a whore. Yeah, exactly. I think JJ's point, like, I thought of posting it, I thought of re replying to Going Goward, but then it would just cause too many problems. But And I feel like voicing it is much more nuanced than like a tweet but essentially when you look at it this way you look at this chain of exploitation so you know and, and none of it's good so on the one end you have an e-girl that has millions of follow like views on twitch 
and has hundreds of thousands of followers. And essentially, uh, you know, if you look at their content, it, it always does allude to a sort of dance around sexual, sexualized parasociality, where these young horny incels, they're giving you money for a reason. You know, if, if a woman is a content creator that does something more than just like, you know, dress suggestively and play video games, like if a woman's actually out there like doing like actual stuff, like on the internet, like, you know, like, like for example, last week we, uh, well, actually I bashed uh, Jenny Nichols pretty hard, right? But you gotta admit, she does, like, it does take effort to do book reviews every single day, right? So that's different, obviously. And of course, Jenny Nichols doesn't like go out there and, and like, of course, like there's always going to be an element of her audience that views her sexually just by virtue of being like a woman on the internet. And we could talk about like how that's like not exactly fair or right or correct. But, you know, she's not, like, going out there, like, as a Twitch streamer, right? As a, as a titty streamer. So I feel like, on the one end, a woman that's making millions of dollars, like Pokimane, like, amid, like, essentially, like, sexually thirst-trapping, you know, young men with their, you know, neat bucks or whatever. Then you also have a person exploiting her through this, like, AI pornography. I don't really have sympathy for a lot of... <laughs> for all these people in this equation. So it's just, like... It, you know, but the problem with going Godward with all these like trad, uh, trad women, trad con women is that they're essentially, like you said, like AA is correct 100% in that they're repeating like 90s feminist talking points, but it all revolves around agency, I feel. Because with the going Godward, if you like look at her tweets, I, I am sorry to call her out, but like there's, there's other ones, there's that Tradino, whatever, like there's, of course, there's other ones. I mean, there's also, trad women that are like pick me's that like basically degrade women for their male audience, which I don't think that's healthy either. Right. But these ones, what they do is that essentially women have zero agency, but women do have agency when it matters. So when a woman says that she has agency, she has, and I know, listen, I'm repeating 2010s manosphere talking points and I feel dirty just by doing it. But like, it's true. It's, it's fundamental truth is that, they believe that women only have agency when they say that women have agency. And also when women behave badly, when they make bad decisions, according to going Godward, it's always a man behind that, that have made them do that. So it's not, women have no responsibility, essentially. Yeah, it's, it's, men it's, that the them. it's a paradox of agency. Women have agency exactly. when they choose to prostitute themselves, but when they face the consequences of it, they have no agency. It's always a, like you a said, there's always them. a man behind the picture. No, it's funny though. Did you see that clip of Andrew Tate uh, explaining his his uh, his grift? No, I did not. I actually have his account on Twitter blocked because I just find all discourse surrounding him to be yeah. toxic as hell. But also, <laughs> yeah. it's like you just openly bragged about yeah the woman yeah with Schrodinger yeah woman's uh, Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's agency. agency. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. yeah, I don't know. Like he, it I was about how like he basically used like women psychology to exploit men, and they would have like a whole like team of people that would engage with these men 24 seven and they like promise them to like go to the airport and meet them. And it's like, it was like literally demonic in my opinion. Like, I, I mean, maybe I'll talk to Uber Boyo about this one day, but I like, like meeting, the way like I heard him explain at the airport it, for what, like to recruit, like men. to meet them, like on a date, like these men spending thousands of dollars to like meet these e-girls ah. on a date. Yeah. Like there's a whole video where he explains like how he has a whole team of people that constantly engage like four of these women and of course, these women, they're being exploited as well. Engage and for, oh wait, so like engage for these women, like a, like a pimp or a manager. No, like they would send out messages and good nights, and like they would they would always like Oh, they so play example, the woman. 
Yeah, they would play the woman. So they would pretend to be these women, right? And they would text these guys, but they would do like the typical women stuff of like, they would like create excuses not to like go to the airport and meet these guys. So when these guys would get mad, they, they would do like the typical women, like, oh, you're getting mad. I don't feel comfortable anymore. And, and then, you know what I mean? So they would like then diffuse the situation with these guys. And then the cycle repeat over like, you know, over a few months again. Like they would keep the cycle would keep repeating where they would keep finding excuses and the guys would keep paying money in the hopes that, and he would explain like the psychology of like, Oh, these guys, like they envisioned, they were like, Oh, maybe if I didn't get mad at her, then maybe like I would go on a date and she would become my girlfriend. Right. You know? And then they would create different accounts for the same, you know, for the same cam girl. Like it was really like demonic stuff in my opinion, just the way that he was able to like, exploit the psychology of men and women to like get you know to, to basically feed this like whole empire of grifting it's like essentially it was being a pimp right it essentially was like a you know like being a pimp or whatever um because these women of course they would be trafficked as well so it, it, you know it's just like the whole like cycle of it um it, you know what i mean like anyways moving on uh so here's matthew's take uh, we also have a few other takes. Uh, please need those super chats if you want me to take. I, I really shouldn't highlight takes anymore. I should be, uh, you know, a conscious grifter. But um, <laughs> oh man, you're you're uh, more you're more of that than I am, Ben, because I'll still talk to <laughs> regular uh, plebeians of the audience chat. But yeah, yeah, no, me too. Uh, but I, I get I get distracted by the chat. So here you go. Here's Matthew. Um, it's not going to force modesty. It's going to cause girls who act modest and display themselves is not sexually available to be griped even harder by the gurus. Oh, no. I feel like that's inevitable and happening already now with trad accounts. Yeah. I mean, there are, and again, will this kind be, of, uh, will there be mega deep fakes? Probably. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think this is already happening now with certain women that are X thoughts. Uh, like, I mean like that Shannon JPEG chick or whatever, like everyone knows yeah. that this person is a former only fans person who prostituted herself outwards but yeah. by larping this i mean she will be groiped and by people that want to exploit her or want to have a uh, a purpose for sexualizing them uh some i think are going to i think it will behoove men to just be like i think to gatekeep more women off the internet or yeah or, or as our as our friend christopher sambach said that you do want to return to some kind of imageless forum not an image yeah. board, but like the Usenet or the AOL Instant Messenger days where it was just text. Uh, because if everyone's a man on the internet, like you sort of devoid the sexualization of a lot of what we see now on Twitter, I think to some degree. I mean, yeah, I mean, text-based roleplay and things like that still happened. Women will probably point themselves out when they're women to do that. I mean, we can go back to yeah. the home dog essay on those issues, but I, I, I don't know if there's, there's not an easy way out and there's no going back. But I think fundamentally nowadays what the real problem is going to be is, is that, well, you can risk face fagging yourself like ourselves or, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, or what, what, <laughs> that's the worst part is, is that like our faces are out there. Lord knows what people could create. <laughs> um, and that's a consequence True. of it. Right. And like, I think that it's going to, I had this conversation with Jay Burden in, in, in DMS, but I think that one of the things that we discussed, cause he had sent me, because Vingle did a little a little deep bit of my voice. I'm calling him out. He did it. And it was in reference to a certain TND posting. Um, 
which is one, it was funny, but two, disavow, condemn, no thank you. <laughs> and and that <laughs> just for the obvious ramifications. But yeah. I, I I told I told I told Mr. Burden, I said I think that it, for for men at least, it's going to have an emphasis on sort of the optics game. Not yeah, the edge posting. Not, yeah. not, I mean, okay, like shit posting and edge posting is great. I do it. You do it. We're both notoriously, we, we, we have a history of it and go through our tweets. Yeah. But I, my thought process was like, how quickly could it be to easily like date, deep fake a take off the digital archipelago? Or how, oh, yeah. you know, like, oh, that sounds like something that Matt would say. Oh, that sounds like something Geo would say. And then it's just like, well, that really sort of behooves sort of a consciousness about how you conduct yourself in regards to others. Because there's a bit that, um, uh, he I'll, he'll remain anonymous, but he had said something one time in a chat where he's just like, just assume whatever you say in here is going to get leaked, and like yeah. act accordingly. Which is, I mean, basic opsec behavior one hundred and one. Which I think that a lot. Of, I think because the threat of being doxxed and getting fired is kind of withered away from like the twenty seventeen days. Yeah, that people are a little more ballsy. Which I mean, on one hand, is a good thing, but on the other hand that fear or the, the recompense of what could come from the authorities is still very much there and people shouldn't ignore it. I, I'm going on a ramble here. Save me, Gio. I just feel like, I no, feel I, feel like, like I don't, I don't have an answer. People are, more, people are more balls, you know, I feel like I, I, I don't have an answer. Yeah. No, I don't have an answer either. I feel like you just have to like, uh, I think if you're willing to like go out in public, like I've done this, you have to basically like live your life as if you know, you're never going to get a normie job again or have an arrangement with people. Like, for example, I remember Aristophanes said that he's like, basically I'm friends with my boss and he's red pilled too. So what are you going to do? You're going to call my employer, like get out of here. Like it's, you know, um, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, I, I turned, I turned down, a, I turned, yeah, you're not allowed to go on a ramble proof. It's Geo's job. Sorry, Mr. Uh, McKenzie. I, I have my tendencies. No, no, what, it's true. No, but I that's what like real talks are, are for. That's where I do go ramble. Um, no, but I feel like people like on both ends are getting more extreme. I'm not saying like a normie centrist. I'm saying that I notice like even people who are semi mainstream, they're willing to like entertain, which is a good thing, obviously. Like they're willing to entertain certain discourses about like, you know, race and IQ or like um, certain discourses around like certain political, like geopolitical. Oh, absolutely. Issues I mean, HBD are... is way more tolerated on yeah. Twitter and everywhere. No, but else. even like, yeah, even like geopolitics, it's funny how um, this is something that like before the stream. Uh, I was listening to Robert Barnes on the Duran and he was saying how like Jordan Peterson, like, and the daily wire people, they're essentially like the same optics, uh, like, like all, whatever, not to say the term, uh, but they're the one, like when it comes to like, the, like trans issues, they're those the alt, are, they're the alt light of 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Like when it comes to trans issues, they're obviously like much more open, like especially Matt Walsh. But when it comes to geopolitical issues like that are explicitly against the regime, you'll never hear like a pro-Russian take from anyone on like the Daily Wire ever. No, you'll you'll never hear a pro-Palestinian take on the Daily Wire. Or no, or a pro-Iranian or pro-Palestinian. Yeah, exactly. We just had you'll Jordan never... Peterson call for regime change in Iran. Yeah, exactly. You'll never hear like you'll never hear like someone in the Daily Wire saying that, well, maybe like going to war with Iran is a bad idea for a variety of reasons, like a, a variety of like very deep civilizational reasons why we shouldn't probably go to war in the Middle East again on such a massive scale that maybe the Americans, uh, I'm sorry, Prude, but can, can America muster up a million man army the way that no. other countries can? No, <laughs> no, like it's, no, <laughs> like it's, when you fight, you have to realize one thing. I know this. Although, is although the regime is talking, like there's been some discourse and like the Council of Foreign Relations as of late about the draft 
Yeah. And I'm like, oh boy. Whoa. If, if you get if you get there, like all progressive narratives about country disappear really maybe quickly. they'll import a bunch of el salvadorians and mexicans and other well like, i mean that, that, goes back to the whole, but that goes back to the whole joel berry bit about the babylon b where he was just oh. like yeah military oh. service to citizenship and it's just like rome died because of this but go yeah, on mr yeah. berry you know heinland had a great solution though like those people were still of the same planetary people right that did the military service in space in starship troopers like it wasn't you know, I like did Joel Berry just service like guarantees citizenship. No, did he like just watch the movie instead of the, read the book? Probably, <laughs> like it's. You know? I, I wish people <laughs> read the book because I mean, the the teacher plays such a much more important role about how the twentieth century regimes of democracies failed. But yeah, I just it is irritating as hell to listen to all this, and and again, right, like you said, like there's things that you can push the limits on but others of course you they become the lampoons that we can all sort of just like laugh at and point at for not talking about that <laughs> oh yeah, it was that funny it was, was funny, funny. Yeah. but um we we do that now and i mean anyone can go to like you know people who just graduated basic training and like if they are not white uh you're gonna get two types of posting you're gonna get someone posing around their flag of their ethnic origin Yep. Or you're going to get a bunch of black guys that graduated basic training and they're going to have some really innocuous, not innocuous uh, references about, you know, where they came from as Africans or as blacks. Uh, I, I knew a guy when I still had normal, normie social media who went to basic training and he was a, a black gentleman and like his friend group from all his buddies at basic training, they called themselves like the jungle. And it was just like, uh, okay. That's you know, not, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a little on the nose for my taste, but I mean, like you're a black guy, like whatever, if that's the word you want to go. No, I, I think that's based if they have like the, the sort of, um, the nation of Islam, like their, their African names, like, like, you know, the Farrakhan type of, yeah, like, yeah, nah, yeah, never yeah. mind, never mind. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that no, doesn't, but, but that doesn't work in a military. Like, that no, doesn't, it doesn't. That, no, you have to a cohesive military fighting force that does not that does not escape the basic HBD realities either. Yeah, of ethno narcissism, ethnocentrism, tribalism, or differences and regarding to maintenance of complex systems. You know, as Battle Beagle likes to rant on Twitter all the time that, or like the British had that where they had like a nuclear reactor on the nuclear submarines and the the bolts broke and so what do they do? They glued the nuts back on. Whoa. That's so incredible. It's we're in some like weird late stage empire shit. Yeah. Which is why everyone's throwing their toys, I think, for some respects, into the conflict that currently exists, because Lord knows how much of this shit would actually work. No, what's funny, you know what's crazy is that I think even the like um I know the moon of Alabama calculated all of the available weaponry that the uh NATO forces have in continental Europe, like barring America. I think they have enough equipment if they were to, if like France and Germany and Britain were to like throw all of their artillery to, towards the Ukrainians. I think they have like enough equipment to sustain the blue yellow country for like a month or something like that. Like not even. And so they're really like, they're really like noited about giving all of their military resources to, uh, to the, to the Z man regime. And it's like, okay, say what you want. Like, I mean, people know my opinion, whatever, but like, say what you want about both sides of that conflict. Both sides like legit think that they're fighting for their civilization. You know what I mean? Like they both think that like they both agree on a grander picture of what their people and their civilization and their identity looks like. But when you're facing like, for example, uh, a war in Iran, potentially, 
I mean, America does not have that. The American military, I hate to say it, like you were saying, for obvious, clear reasons, does not have that. But when you look at Iran, like, it's not going to be like fighting the remnants of the, the Republic of the Republican Guard in Iraq. It's not going to be like fighting the Taliban in, in, in Afghanistan. You're going to be fighting like, uh, you know, a legit army that is essentially defending their notion of civilization. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's not going to be, the, I don't think it would be the same cakewalk the way that it was in 2003 in Iraq. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think like the, the Republican Guard in Iran is going to just crumble all of a sudden. Uh, like those predictions are sort of like, we were too used to, because um, you have to realize the position of the Republican Guard in Iraq, you know, after 99, like, sorry, after 90, 1990, you know, after <laughs> after they were essentially decimated the first time. You, you know, Saddam was in an incredibly weak position by the time 2003 rolled around. Like, you know this, Prude. Like, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it, yeah. That would, it would be, again, the same sort of thing that we're seeing happen now for almost a year has been. Yeah state versus state standing militaries fighting each other, which we haven't seen in a considerable length of time. I mean, yes, there were some skirmishes between India and Pakistan in the 1990s, or, which or everyone... China and uh, Russia. Yeah. But I mean, even then, I mean, the, the most recent sort of militarized conflict prior to this was probably what, I mean, Vietnam and China in 1979. And that didn't yeah. end very well for the Chinese. No, they haven't been no. really tested since then. They've been conducting more counterterrorism and sort of ethnic espionage operations in their eastern provinces and dealing with Muslims. I mean, they haven't That's been. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, seven. I mean, twelve years ago, you could go back and look at articles about like knife crime in in certain Chinese cities and Islamic terrorism, and they sort of clamped down on that shit really quickly. And now we call it human yeah. rights violations. But um, that's why they now, had to get rid of Kowloon, by the way, because of all the illegal stuff that they were pumping into mainland China, into Shanghai. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. No, and also subject to change. You're going to be talking about Kowloon Walled City, man. I'm going to go on for an hour. I, I know. <laughs> well, no, but like subject to change. I know that you say that there's this weird left wing reflex that ha that we have where non-whites embracing certain part of their heritage is seen as offensive. It's not that I have a problem with it. They're obviously going to embrace it. I don't really have an issue with it, but... No, me neither. I think that's probably better than embracing a lot of other... I mean, it's, be it's better than um, embracing deracinating liberalism and progressivism. I think that the issue is, is that if you want as a nation to have a standing military force, like, what is the purpose of the military's indoctrination? It is to break down everything about you so you can take orders and shoot people. Like, that's what it's yeah. for. Uh, and so that's going to cause problems if there's ever unit co in cohesion things like that i mean just like look at what happened with all the fragging and racial strife inside vietnam i mean like the american yeah. military i don't think has learned its lesson or, or that or it's yeah. convenient swept under the rug and they're trying to embrace like this full-on woke progressivism no, yeah the american military like, added to its identity issues yeah they didn't subtract <laughs> they didn't it only got more complicated now they've doubled down because it's black history month and they are inviting like uh light-skinned black women to talk about what it's like to be black in the military it's like oh we just interviewed some chubby spec four and we're going to talk about it like it's <laughs> it's a nightmare and it's it's a disaster and yeah, but even the recruiting standards across the board like, all regardless of race yeah have dropped yeah like first of all i don't believe women should be in combat no that's come on that's not it's the, the greatest like piece of propaganda on that was that awful late nineties, early two thousands movie. I think it came out in two thousand. The G. general's G. daughter with oh, John Travolta. One. You know the whole sexual abuse in the army thing. Was it the Pelican Brief as well? That too. There was like three yeah. or four movies that talked about this at that time. Gi Jane. 
That, yeah, I'm not too familiar with that one. Pretty good there, though. But <laughs> gotta admit. But at the end, but the, at the end of the general's daughter, the whole bit was just like very over the top. Here's a white text overlay on the ending screen of the film. The ending shot is it like zooms out from a helicopter camera, and it's just like, well, according to the latest stats and reports to Congress, like women joining the military, it's not going away anytime soon. So we might as well create reforms or whatever. And that's always yeah. been like the sticking point with like people in like even in the Senate, right? With um the female New York senator, her name escapes me off the top of my head, but she's been big to push that. Rashida Jones? No, that's that's Rashida Jones. What? Hold no, what's on. your name, Rashida? What's your last name? Aleb. But that's not her. No, senator sorry, I'm New thinking of someone else. Yeah. Um her name is she part is of the squad this one? Kristen Gillibrand. Thank you. The oh one... god, Gillibrand. Yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah. She's yeah, been did she pushing run for that. president? Did she? I don't remember. I don't think she did. Um, so no, I don't think so. I no, but the, the point being is that the military essentially you have to go through a process of indoctrination, the natural indoctrination, to be a perfect soldier. Like that's just the reality from ancient times onwards. You're never gonna get rid of that. So you need a coherent identity. You need uh so yeah, Rashida Jones an actress. Um you need like a coherent identity, you need like a sense of purpose in your nation. Oh, she did run in twenty twenty. Yeah. Gillibrand, yeah, she okay. but she like got knocked off pretty early. Yeah, when um, did she stop running? Oh god, how did he super early? Yeah, super super early. Yeah, even before boot gig. Yeah, August twenty so. eighth, twenty nineteen, third round yeah. of primary debates. Oh yeah, because everyone and their mother ran in twenty twenty. God, yeah. the primaries for twenty twenty feels like a million years ago. I know, eh? It was a real slaughterhouse too. It sure was, <laughs> and still um, Kamala Harris was absolutely destroyed and. <laughs> Lo and People behold, she's the vice president in. of the United States. We, we, I love how they're like, we can't even, like, not even we could sell African Americans people to gig. We can't the sell them a gay, we can't sell them what Obama actually is. <laughs> gay CIA a, agent. A gay white man. <laughs> um, yeah, just that's, they're like, yeah, he died right before the South Carolina primary because it was, he pulled out because he knew after South Carolina he would, he can't win the black vote. He never will. So it's funny because apparently E. Michael Jones said that he fortified the own election in South Bend. Like that he wasn't like, I believe that. And I mean yeah. South Bend is the home of what university? Oh <laughs> colleges in South yeah. Bend. Yeah. Indiana. Yeah. It's uh, you have what's where E. Michael Jones comes from, South Bend. Yeah. Uh, he would know more than anybody. Uh, I yeah. mean it's adjacent to um notre dame and makes prices even more that's one of those long-standing college institutions where you can find elite families from it's like notre dame mit georgetown, uh, georgetown caltech and most importantly the university of chicago yeah uh, milton friedman john g mearsheimer even mr spencer is from uh, the university of chicago Yep. And numerous others. Uh, and even that astroturfed guy, Daniel Schmidt, who got that interview with Tucker Carlson of Fox News, know nothing <laughs> about his family. He keeps that purposely hidden. He just says that they're from, I think, Kentucky or Tennessee. And he's got this big aspect of conservative uh, activism. And he's big on this other, you know, train for 2024. Oh, yeah. And, all, and yet, University of Chicago. It's where they all, it's like, it's you know where, else these, went to University where all these Chicago? people get assembled. Yeah. You know who, who else went who? there, ironically enough? Who? The Thinker of Ironies. Really? UConn degree. Not yeah. Surprised. <laughs> um, I don't think I don't think you finished though. Uh, but you may have finished. Yeah, undergrad. Um, uh, we're, since people are going to ask what 
you mean by that. I'll just say KB and I'll leave yeah. it at that. Yeah. Because um, I love it. Every, 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 every episode, there are two or three people in the comments every time saying that there's too much lingo, too much code wording. So, yeah. Apparently, <laughs> oh, did Thomas Sowell go to the, oh, yeah, he did go to the, yeah, University he did. Chicago. Oh, no. No. Our, our economics black man is also. <laughs> Didn't didn't he did didn't he remember he used to do that show back in the eighties with Milton Friedman? Yeah, was it him? It, yeah, he, it was. yeah, he did. Yeah, he was also was on him. Firing Line a lot when Buckley. Was oh, it must alive. I must have been thinking of Firing Line. Yeah, um, but he did another show when Firing Line. I think Firing Line actually recorded a lot in the University of Chicago Hall. I mean, Barack Obama's from the University of Chicago. Says so Bernie Sanders, David Rockefeller, Carl Sagan, James Comey, Kurt Vonnegut, Larry Ellison, Milton Friedman. Oh my God! It's all so, of the major regime figures in art, literature, economics, politics in America somehow coalesce around Yale and the University of Chicago. Amy Klobuchar, Elizabeth Cheney. Why? Why does this surprise Americans? Like, for example, in England, you can't become prime minister unless you went to uh, was it Cambridge or Oxford? Or I Oh. That or all the Tory high class Tories come from what Eaton, right? Eaton, yeah, yeah. You can't go, yeah. That's what uh, I, I, I can't do the A voice. Uh, essentially, you can't get elected unless you go to Eaton. Like it's, oh, I can't do AA. I, w I wish. Or I could the progressive do AA. economist Joseph Stiglitz is from there. Lori Lightfoot went to the University of Chicago. Oh, the Stiglitz NBA, went to Chicago. <laughs> the NBA head Adam Silver went there. Saul if you Winsky want to talk about there. Adam, Nate Silver went there. Yeah. Samuel P. Oh. Huntington, Ajit Pai. I'm just going through the list now. You know, Nate Silver, a 538. Did he need a Robinson, single there? Robert Bork. It's just the lines go on. Well, it keeps on going. On. If you want to talk about the worst, like most tepid regime economic takes, read any like Stiglitz book. Like if you want to just like hear what like the UN and the World Economic Forum think, just like read a Stiglitz book. Like it's um, no, I, no, McLaughlin. I think I think Thomas Sewell was on McLaughlin, but I, I know Pappy Cannon. That was see, that was real television. That was the real break the rules back in the day, uh, <laughs> where yeah. it was like Pappy Cannon. Globalization versus... and its discontents is probably like if you want to read the ultimate shit lib book, it's either di globalization, its discontents, or the price of inequality. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most shit lib books about the need for markets to like power to people and you know we have to make globalization work in order to like lift up everybody for a more progress society if you really want to see the global south get used all the time the original 2006 making globalization work has it a lot i read it in college it's an awful book yeah. but yeah influenced by paul krugman uh hodgman's gang oh. jason Furman, xavier briggs all these shit lib economists did you ever read uh, the Capital one? What was it called? Um, that like when I when I was in grad school, that was a real big book that everyone read. You mean so, the uh, Thomas Piketty book? Yeah, Capital. I have yeah. a copy of it, Capital in the Twenty First Century, Thomas Piketty, and I also have Against Piketty, where like five economists tell him that he's a lying sack of garbage. <laughs> you know what's funny? I just had a dream. I had a vision where essentially um a future like vice president of america goes to the u chicago and she has an illegitimate child that is uh the father is thomas 777 so because he banged her in the library and uh you know <laughs> the next president of the united states is the bastard child <laughs> thomas 777 yeah well you know it reminds me of what paul Height once said that um 
the next American Caesar will be a W. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Hoping for. You mean it. W Bush? No, I mean W as in starts with the W, ends with the I G G E R. Oh, nice. Probably, probably was the the next Caesar of America was listening to Limp Biscuit in two thousand two. Maybe no. God, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. The next but, uh, American Caesar went to Van's World Tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, bro! I had a friend that played Van's Warp Tour. Um, <laughs> yeah, who was an opening band? But like, he had like, oh, there was like this cokehead. Oh, sorry, I can't shave you. There was this uh, smackhead that was uh, a booker, like a, a band uh, promoter in my neck of the woods. I, like, would funnel people to Van's Warp Tour like as opening acts whenever they would come to Toronto and. Um, Apparently the guy like watched him out of out of money and everything, so he got to he got to play Van's Word too. Hope those shoes money. were worth it. <laughs> now he's on the- a revenge tour through the Department of the Arts, and will oh. soon take over America. Um, John Otto, take us to the happiest. <laughs> that was the best intro from uh, my generation, eh? John Otto, take us to the Matthews Bridge. Anyways, we we have time for one more article. Do you want to read? Uh, do you want to do the Alexander Adams or Paul Town? Uh, let's do Paul Town. All right. Yeah, I feel like Alexander Adams deserves like more of a singular thing. I know, like Matthew and we and should ben bring Hillers. him on. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good idea. Um, so let's go to the Paul Town. I I kind of feel bad for reading because Paul Town's going through a lot now recently. Um. You had this uh, incident on on a cozy. Never, you know what? Never mind. Let's just let, listen. This is an older Paul Town article from uh, 2019. This, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, from 2019. So let's go to the screen share, and uh, let's go. Let's go. All right, here we go. So this is from this is from notes his old blog that he doesn't maintain anymore. I believe this was like one of the last few articles from it um zombie synthetic infrastructure me you want to read this one Preet? so uh i read the last yeah one. i sure can no. yeah so actually well, friday may 28th 2021 i thought this was an older article but no yeah worries. um that seems like an old article <laughs> it does in the midst of like it's what? in early covid days article well, no because it started in 2020 so like this is midst of covid article but still all right Something which must be understood in the context with collapse or rot that is happening now that the psychic is dominant over the physical is that there is a lacking sort of delay for any of this collapse to rot to be apparent. I don't even like to use the term collapse because with collapse, people envision race riots and Mad Max style anarchy rather than what it will be, which is critical trust in traditional authorities and institutions reaching a tipping point where not trusting those things, not relying on the law, is seen as the default, and it's stupid to think otherwise. That's by brilliant, the, by the way. Very true. I mean, yeah. what 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 is societal collapse other than like carefully managed anarchy that they yeah. try to keep going? By the time collapse is recognized by the general population, the advantages of knowing the old order has collapsed, which it has already, will be gone, and the new public structure of power will begin to manifest in a manner that is obvious to the general public, but already has its participants chosen and selected, which I feel like we're kind of seeing now. Oh, yeah. Think of the piping that controls sewage, the wiring that supplies power, the satellites that ensure communication— 
All of these are pretty well functioning in the first world. They've been built up and they're currently maintained by companies that have decent people who know what they're doing and are reasonably trustworthy, at least in terms of keeping infrastructure running at a base level. There is corruption and there are bad workers, but this has yet not gotten to a point where the systems are no longer maintained. What happens when the economy really crashes? Not crash not crashes in the way it has in the past, where there is pain and suffering, but that is temporary in nature and can be fixed in the short term by government, but rather a real crash that can't be fixed and doesn't get better. What happens when fiat currency is no longer dominant over digital currency? When profit incentives for good governance no longer exists? When the profit incentives for maintaining infrastructure don't make any sense? What happens when people no longer hired important roles, when it's too dangerous to hire the proper people for infrastructure jobs, as the social environment rewards hiring non-whites non regardless of their qualifications? Does the infrastructure stop working right away? No, the infrastructure is functionally dead and doomed, but it doesn't reveal this and instead in zombie-like in nature, just all like the physical social institutions are now zombie-like in nature. Whoa. I mean, this is this is Land's zombie apocalypse that he describes about democracy and the Dark Enlightenment. He may have he may have read Land. That's I'm I'm guessing, yeah. Uh, yeah, because I mean, literally the first chapter of the Dark Enlightenment is called Neo Reactionaries Head for the Exit, and then like I think a subheading is like Democracy is Zombie Apocalypse. Yeah. Which, By the way, you can buy uh, now. You yes, can buy the Dark Enlightenment. Imperium, Imperium Press. Press. Go to Imperium Press. Pay them directly. Um, yeah. That way, so you're not reading over blogs. You just have a physical hard copy. <laughs> i'm i'm an ad i hate the fact that i have maybe like two or three gigs worth of pdfs on my hard yeah, drive of like books and texts that i pray that i one day get to <laughs> well some of them are too expensive like the d the, yeah the, yeah the deculturation book is just way too expensive so uh, then again like there are some books that just the publisher will not reprint yeah uh, yeah a lot of them are like that yeah yeah. Or they're stuck behind like a copyright or whatever. Like they don't want to resume the rest. So, so frustrating. But we'll get back to the article. Yeah. Um, we are in the zombie stage of Western civilization. The social fabric is being destroyed. And this is more obvious because all the nodes of it are biological in nature. But the social fabric is not the only thing Western civilization has been zombified. The social fabric is just a biological mold-like growth on top of the synthetic infrastructure underlying it. Because oh. the synthetic infrastructure underlying it is dysfunctional and not planned well, it has developed human mold on top of it that will end up destroying it. Huh. Well, I mean, you kind of have to require... All technical infrastructure requires humans to maintain it. We haven't fully automated everything. Yeah, um, true. You're still going to need sewage repair guys to clean out a clogged pipe somewhere or take out, you know, someone get rid of the gator and the sewage system right yeah. <laughs> Rob until we get robots to take care of that problem you know like we're still gonna yeah. need people um i had to carry on have you How ever much... eaten gator food <laughs> I, I have not i've had squirrel snake and other things but gator is on the list yeah how much longer do we have before the zombified nature of our synthetic infrastructure becomes obvious? I'm not sure, but I think it's a while. I think it will probably take decades, if not generations. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, for what is beginning to occur now to play out in a way that is obvious on a structural level, I think I'll be an old man or dead before what I write here is made clear. But I'm sure it will eventually be made clear. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. As stated before, the collapse won't be some apocalyptic event driven by sudden absconsion of duty. 
The collapse is more of a self-implosion of the general biological organisms that maintain infrastructure in any competent sense. In that sense, the collapse has already happened. It is just not visible yet. In the future, we can expect normalized blackouts, bad water, dysfunctional safety and transportation in the majority of first world countries. The rich and prudent will decentralize and privatize their access to these things before things before the going gets really bad. But the infrastructure for the average man, woman, and child will be quite subpar in a way you or I or our parents can't really fathom it being in the first world. Whoa. Incredible. Yeah, just look That's at Jackson, amazing. Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but the general biological organisms that maintain infrastructure in ecology since, since the collapse has already happened. Yeah, I think I feel like um but the way he says it here about um, the social fabric destroyed, there is much more obvious because all the nodes of it biological or biological nature. Um, I think like the, the when you think of sort of ideology and belief as a uh, like as a social technology, which I think is like a very old reactionary point. I mean, it's obvious that when you view the sort of operational functioning the sort of programming code of the civilization as itself a sort of um, what's that underneath the sort of dermis of civilization, right? The sort of skin layer underneath it's sort of the sedimentary layer that influences all other things. It's sort of like the base to the words, the super, it's a superstructure that influences the base, obviously. And I feel like a lot of people don't um, because like Western like society is so predicated on like this liberal assumption of like perfect voluntarism and perfect freedom. And also like the fact that you're not engaged in a civilization anymore. You're rather engaged in sort of a business-like casual arrangement filled with non-places and government itself is like a giant non-place that doesn't, isn't attached to a particular identity or religion or ethnos or any other function that kept a civilization together. Rather it's a sort of free association arrangement. Therefore, nobody is like really responsible for anything because you are just a sort of uh, individual cog in a greater thing. And there's no, there's not even like the sense of, um, and again, this is what Byung Chul Han means by the erasure of the other. There isn't like a big other, like big government or communism or state ideology that's demanding that there is a constant observation of yourself and a constant sort of panoptical um surveillance of the subject rather the other becomes an extension of who you are and the other can be freely engaged with and the other can be ignored and you can decline the demands of the other but of course you can never truly decline the demands of the other uh rather you decline just the ephemera of what you pick and choose to engage with and that doesn't lead to um any sort of advanced society in any sense because it leads to on the one end a technologically advanced society but then total social collapse and anarchy. And then one thing eventually will have to give way to the other. And so it behooves us to think of society. No, We don't think of it no longer as a collection of peoples that are held together by something more than us. Rather, it is a free association nightmare that isn't really free and doesn't really let you associate with who you want to associate with. But at the same time, we maintain this illusion that we can engage in, you know, in greater societies if it's a business rather than a sort of sacred, cohesive thing that is vital for the functioning of what we are as a people. There's no such thing as a people anymore. At least we don't think of it that way. Like most um, 
most like North American peoples in particular don't think of these things the way that even our immediate ancestors thought of them, which I think is like, that's what Paul Town is getting at as belief as itself, a superstructure that informs society. But anyways, I'm just ranting right now. So you, you go ahead, Prude. Oh, I think you were onto yeah. something there that myths and again, like civic religions, like what we were talking about in the Daniel right. Miller article, all those things are part of the superstructure of society. And when you allow that to decay, to a point where even Steven Pinker and his like ilk of new atheists, the early 2000s are now really just gravely concerned that the civilizational woke mind viruses, uh, Elon yeah. Musk calls it, that will erode the rest of it. It is a cancer that will destroy the rest of the structure. If we're going to look at this organically, right. uh, what comes out of that is Paul town sort of mentions is like a, a zombified system. Nick land talks about it. Does this that, what have we done? we have generated a incentive structure that only creates more of these problems. I'm actually going to look up the exact phrase from Nick land because the, yeah, go ahead. the phrase itself is actually like really good. And, and by the way, see those super chats. I want to hear what you guys have to think. I'm no longer going to read your messages, even though I've seen a lot of fire comments in the chat here. Um, <laughs> saw a guy post about he kept throwing gators over the fence. What? What? That sounds That's perfect. Next that's like the guy, that one green text where a guy um, took, kept taking dumps in the, uh, in the sealed up uh, chimney stack of his neighbors. That was like a party uh, college. They rented out to these party kids, these college kids. And he like kept taking dumps in the, in the shaft. And then eventually when it rained one night, like, <laughs> did you ever read that green text? I did not. <laughs> Oh, here, here's man. the bit from here's the bit from Nick Land. So he yeah, says, go ahead. as enlightened zombie tolerance flourishes in the shelter of the Demo of the democratic mega parasite, a small remnant of reactionaries attentive to the effects of real incentives raise the formulaic question. You do realize that these policies inevitably lead to a massive expansion of the zombie population. The dominant vector of history presupposes that such nuisance objections are marginalized, ignored, and wherever possible silenced through social ostracism. The remnant either fortifies in the basement whilst stocking up on drugs dried food, ammunition, silver coins, or accelerates the application process for a second passport and starts packing its bags. Based. And I mean, that's sort of what Paul Town's describing there, is just that there are people that are aware of it. And I mean, he is aware of it. There is a certain yeah. reality. I mean, Spandrel calls it bio-Leninism, but I mean, or Spiteful Mutants, as Ed Dutton has described it in his book, yeah. which is great. And I, I think that one of the biggest issues is going to be, well at some point in time, you are going to need competent people. And that always yeah. comes with the uncomfortable hate fat caveat that it's usually the people that this society has decided to demonize. Yeah. I hate to say it, but then it goes back, I think to the title of, of our stream today, which is from a thousand apparitions to one, a thousand ghost like entities of former beliefs and former civilizational superstructures that have been discarded to the winds. And now society is predicated on like one totalizing desire of of essentially just pleasure maxing and the infrastructure of society you essentially like this is the problem i feel with managerialism that you know burnham has got to and i know like AA and other people have like talked about this right endlessly about burnham and the managerial state the problem is essentially you can never truly create a turnkey society the way that people envision like this is never going to happen and uh, I feel that the desire to create a totally autonomous uh, turnkey society that can regulate whole bodies of populations uh, sort of 
super moribund, uh, you know, governmentality that is pressed upon the land for all eternity. Like that's really like the dream. And it's, uh, it's just like, it's never going to happen because you need the dynamism of civilization will quickly abruptly end when you don't have people, at least on a technocratic level to service the demands of an advanced civilization. And it's like, this is an old talking point, but it's the truth. And I feel like the sort of proliferation of one mono understanding of what the purpose of civilization is again, from it's like the Zaire, it's like one totalizing thing, which is pleasure maxing. That is the only thing that you can get guaranteed by the government, by a, a people, by current order Western, you know, managerial liberalism. Your it's treats. just like your treats, exactly. Your your and and your treats will be internal as well through AI, through uh, Neuralink. They won't even en be physical. Enjoy your anymore. VR chat. Enjoy your replica AI GF. Because because yeah. they realize that it's easier to keep you placated that way than to encourage the overly expensive consequences of transmaxing. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, I I, I kind of that makes me chuckle, but it's just like I wonder, you know, if it would be easier for a lot of ways to stop lonely people from deciding to transition. Like, how many tweets are out there? Like, oh, if you can't be the girlfriend to become the girlfriend. Uh, you know, I just maybe the government will realize, oh, this shit's kind of expensive to maintain as like a public health infrastructure. Maybe AI GFs or whatever would be easier. But if I, if this is me like playing, that one like, Amarna post, this is me playing dungeon game. master with the regime of like, well, if I wanted to be even more evil, but yeah, perhaps the better hell is actually to keep a permanently dependent client slave class that is literally a tranissary. I, you know, that's where we're at in some ways. This is that, no, but, like, what are we? Nothing more than people walking around with necrotic flesh they've cut off to say that this is who we are. This is what I am. And the government will provide it for me. These the only aspect of our value nowadays is the psychic value, validation. You are heard. Yeah. You are represented. You are seen. Therapeutic state. It doesn't, exactly. It's a therapeutic state. And everything that breaks down outside, poor water, poor infrastructure, whatever, you are emancipated from responsibility. You have bought into the state regime. You will bow before the Ishtar RBG statue. And thank goodness that she did all of that work for making sure that, you know, you could vacate your, your, uh, burden, your burden, which is a child. And in doing so, uh, watch as the people that you've demonized be the only people that can maintain your water system or whatever. That was the funny bit about the Jackson, Mississippi thing was show that Facebook profile pictures of all those like boomer con Gen X dads with like baseball caps, taking pictures from their trucks. Yeah. Millions of those people. Those are the people that fix your water system. Those are the people one that fix the, your HV, a, AC. One of the posts I saw was this tech billionaire or millionaire where he was trying to set up this project in like this uh, abandoned, like, mostly like minority town in the south and he said i can't do it because my my stuff my job sites keep getting looted did you ever see this post i think you're a staff and he's talked about it and get this he he had these security cameras and one of them was this older like um this older uh guy in a loincloth and and then people were pointing out it's like is this literally a loincloth so you have like an advanced tech millionaire trying Tarzan to do a yeah, no, but think of it. It's like an advanced tech millionaire doing a startup in a destitute post offshore American town. And it's literally being looted by barbarians with loincloths on. It's like there's no greater metaphor for like total civilizational collapse than that. Like I, it's, it's, you know. I, well, actually, my favorite metaphor about a lot of things has been that 
scene from a, a university in South Africa where uh, a white student is picking up the trash and then t- two others. They are kept constantly... throwing it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but even like beyond race, it's even like even like the destitute populations, like in the Appalachians. Like you don't want to talk. Like I was going to say this about. If you want to talk about evil, if you want to talk about evil, go look at all those emails calling those people pillbillies. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, the Sacklers need to be redacted as soon as possible in that regard. Of course, there's not enough lampposts. Yeah. There's not enough. Yeah. There's not enough rakes or lampposts in this country to do to do this place justice. So maybe the Sodom and Gomorrah treatment will inevitably come. But no. But but when you look at like who can constitute like the like traditionally the fighting frontline infantry of the American hardware of the military, the U S you know, the USM, right. It's been those people in the Appalachians, but now it's like you, you give them a bunch of pills and opioids and, and fent, and you totally decimate them through offshoring and importation of like, you know, Wuhan made fentanyl, like what's going to happen. You know, it's, it's not, those people aren't put it this way through obesity and through the opioids and through other things those people aren't fit for military service. No, they're not. You know? And it's been a yeah. documented national security problem for like 30 years. It's like, as long as you and I've been alive, there have been some yeah. reports by the Department of Defense that it's an issue. And what makes it even worse though, right? Is just that like, even weed has gotten stronger from like 50 years ago. Yeah. Where there are more, a friend of mine is a hospice nurse and it works with elderly people. And she had described the levels of like, literally what she she's like this is literally reefer madness because these boomers are not used to you know such high concentrations of thc no they were smoking uh panama red that was their strongest thing back in the day yeah now you they're know? doing like 100 percent, you know either through gummies or through a vape pen and they lose thc in minds <laughs> yeah they're just going like literal reefer madness yeah. they're like oh well you know I, I used to do this for some meat growers back in the days can't be so bad and then they lose their bloody minds like that's where <laughs> Yeah. Uh, are the military recruiting zoomers now that that's a scary thought well that's the whole i'm the busting whole, on this iranian for real for real like uh, it's well it's like all those memes about doing Fortnite dances over some iranian or chinese kid's grave or whatever after they... <laughs> on the battle i doubt yeah. that would happen although someone would try it's a great way to get shot but i find I don't know. They're doing the e-girl thing. And then there was another bit about, there was an article. I was just, well, no, well that too, but uh, hold on. There was an article I saw earlier today on about women in the military. And it said something about that. The, here it is. This is from the military Times. So this was yesterday by a woman named Megan Myers. And I'm not going to support ad my not turning off my ad blocker. Go screw yourself. Um, so yeah, experts, comma data point to women as best military recruiting pool by Megan Myers. Oh, I saw and this. It, yeah, I, I saw people were yeah spoofing on this. On well, yeah, but they said so. Here's I'm just going to read the first three paragraphs. They're very short. Now, you think JPB milit- smokes weed? Uh, he should start. <laughs> I would maybe calm him the f down. 
But then again, I don't know how that would interact with his ex-Benzo's problem. Yeah, it would make it worse. Probably, yeah. So, quote, The United States military is coming up on 50 years as an all-volunteer force at a time when the services are facing a historically difficult uphill battle finding enough qualified volunteers to fill their ranks. With that in mind, social scientists, military experts, and national security strategists came together at the Naval Academy on Wednesday to tackle some pressing questions. What will the military do in 2040? Who will serve in it? And how will it recruit people? Third paragraph. Diversity is a top-line requirement, multiple experts said. To put a finer point on it, U.S. demographic data and the population shows that women are surpassing men in education as men's participation in the workforce is dropping. I wonder how that happened. Oh, God, here's the worst part. That was fully an organic phenomenon. Oh, yeah, totally organic as we de-industrialized and debased the West. But here's the, the next paragraph's awful. I think it's important for us to say it out loud. We're going to need to rely more on women. Lindsay Cohn, an associate professor of national security affairs at the Naval War College, said at the panel of the future of the all-volunteer, all-recruited force symposium. Like, uh, what are we doing other than... They're not going to fight on the front lines. They're not. No. You're asking for... You're literally asking... Nor would you want them to. ...longhouse itself to fill out all of those, like... Oh, God, there's going to be more female MPs. (laughs) Sorry, if you ever get pulled over on post, you're going to get shot. Um... No, it's not that women can't like aim and 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 you know what what's the uh, what's okay, the, but what, uh, what's, the what, what's the narrative? Using? What's the narrative that we saw out of like the war in Iraq? Okay, who was yeah. the first person that became like the sort of GI Jane style figure? It was Jessica Lynch, and the yeah. story that they spun was the complete opposite of what actually happened. And now she is a middle school teacher living her life. She's in her forties or late thirties. Yeah, she's actually forty something, and had a brief acting stint. But that was all it was all falsehood. But we we spin ourselves these narratives for the sake of that. I mean, what is progressivism? What is this current religiosity other than what Paul Town talks about? It's a human mold. It's like a fungal infection that is going to cause sort of a last of us style, you know, zombie like plague. Yeah, where we're going to rage against cognitive dissonance, rage because of our cognitive dissonance. We're going to rage against pattern recognition and. You know, at this point, a lot of people that do tell you to prepare and have resources and networks, you know, lead pacer on Twitter is a really great example of this. Like you need to have a network and self like some mechanism to make sure that you are not entirely dependent because things will get worse. And if you yeah. live in a major metropolitan area, like, you know, for instance, Texas has its problems with ERCOT and its ability to maintain its power grid, or you're in a Jackson or a Flint, Michigan style situation. All these yeah, things they say come Texas to my is going to have a brownout soon. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. We haven't, our, our power grid is in the same way. Like our road infrastructure is, it is not designed for the population growth that we've experienced in the last 30 years. And it's only going to get worse. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I mean. Like it's, um, it's not even like, you know, it's not that women can't like, well, okay. They, they, we know it's like a, it's a fact that a woman can't lift as much or, or their body is structured in a different way than men in terms of like endurance and, and the, the task that being frontline infantry requires of you, but also like, I hate to say it, like, you know, it's not empowering to see women on the front lines rather that's barbaric. Like even the shield main thing, uh, there were like Viking women that fought a little bit, but I believe, um, I forget who went into this. Was it uh, Stony Cherbalist? That he talked did about it like, and survived the jive has talked about it. Those are the two people I know who more or less. I know, yeah, survived the jive. Yeah, that was tip of my tongue. He he followed me again on Twitter. I can't believe that. Um, 
but he he de- I believe he debunked the whole like fetish over shield maidens that it wasn't like as big of a thing as you as you th- people thought, right? Like no civilization I don't think wants to see women get ripped apart in like industrial warfare. I I don't think like that's not a very good like that is not a sign of like empowerment or civilizational health. Well, it's the inverse of all biological reality. Men are expendable. Yeah. Women have never been expendable. No, exactly. Nor would you want them to be expendable. Like that's you know what I mean? Like it's it's crazy. It's just like I don't want to see women and plus like some of the enemies that um you would have to fight in the front line. Do you really want to know what happens to women when they get captured by the enemy by the enemy soldiers? Uh no, exactly. So not to, again, not, I can't cer- certain things I can't say, oh yes, but of course the Stalingrad snipers, yes, of course. There was a million Stalingrad sniper women. <laughs> okay, there was a few. There was a few. Not I'm not belittling it. But um I believe the Soviet army, even like, I believe in the Soviet Red Army, they didn't re- like it wasn't like hundreds of thousands of women volunteered. Like there was a few women, but it wasn't like what they they um Put it this way, even the Soviets had sexism, okay? That's not... You know what I mean? They would have rather strapped bombs to dogs to run under panzer tanks before they sacrificed women. Like, let's yeah. be very realistic here. Yeah, I don't... like. I mean, that's barbaric as well, but I, I don't agree with that. But, I mean, if you had to choose between a dog and a woman, I mean... Who could potentially carry on your, you know, bloodline. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the women would not want to see those dogs sacrificed as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. See again, that's safe edgy. That's safe edgy. I can't. No, no, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not like, uh, didn't the Germans do that as well? They had dogs. Yeah. Both sides. Both Both sides. sides. That's terrible. I don't like, that's terrible. That's, 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 I, I don't abide by that. That that's not good. I don't believe in that. I mean, it's not, I mean, when it comes down to like sacrificing a human versus sacrificing an animal, obviously, but like, that's that's too much. That's kind of cruel. We the U.S. government and its time. Uh, I'm going. We to, put monkeys into space. Well, that too. Uh, they put dogs into space. But I was thinking about, um, what is it? Concept. I believe that there's dead cosmonauts on on the moon that we just don't talk about. <laughs> Probably. And the aliens up there. I, I'm. I kind of buy into the uh, lost cosmonaut concept. Yeah. Theory. Yeah. yeah, I totally i I buy into it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I buy into what? it. Airbud <laughs> meets Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> That's brutal. That's terrible. Like you people are too much. <laughs> I want a bunch of German shepherds behind an MG forty two with the Omaha beaches. Yeah. Oh my god. Labrador. <laughs> bunch of Labrador retrievers going there. Oh, with like bombs strapped to them. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. I believe I believe in Iraq they they experienced like camel that were uh, remote remote bombers. Um, oh, man, was, Global no, yeah, Dirt's yeah. really paying out here. 
Yeah, um, bat, bat bombs. That's what I was thinking about. The U.S. government had tested that uh, idea of hibernating Mexican free-tailed bats with small incendiary bombs attached. Dropped from a bomber at dawn, the casings would deploy a parachute mid-flight, open to release the bats, which would disperse and roost in eaves and attics in a 20 to 40 mile radius. The incendiaries, <laughs> which were set on timers, would ignite them and start <laughs> fires in inaccessible places and largely wood and paper construction of Japanese cities. The weapons were the intended target for fire Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> Project X-Ray, designed by Louis Fieser, an American organic chemist and professor uh, who, yeah, was known what for inventing napalm, synthesizing vitamin K and cortisone. Absolute genius, but also a madman. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how can we carry bombs? Oh, bats. Like, that's, that's what comes to mind. You know, there's historical precedent because back in the medieval days, they would use pigeons they would they would strap wicks on them because of the thatch roofing so you'd have like whole cities under under castles that would just burn because the pigeons kept like <laughs> kept like burning the thatch roofs oh that's brutal i love pigeons i always had pigeons when i was a kid yeah uh, do you know conscious caracal raises pigeons really yeah he does apparently his nice. family is part of like a tradition of racing pigeons wow i got to talk to him about that my i had a few racing pigeons my old man did. Um, yeah, I had a stream not too long ago, and one of his pigeons was on his shoulder for like the whole time. Whoa, amazing! He should have a caracal. You know they use caracals for hunting. They I did would, not like, know that. Yeah, they would like take like usually varmint hunting. They would go into the they, they would burrow into like the holes of different um, species well, of. Uh, they should start using. They should start using them more for protecting their farms. Yeah. That could work. Caracals are actually pretty, like they say that if you train them well, they're actually pretty friendly, but they, they have to scream a lot. They scream all the time. They growl all the time. Huh. That's how they communicate. Yeah. Um, But anyways, do we want to do super chats? Or? Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, we don't have time for the Alexander Adams, but next week maybe we'll we should, we should dedicate. I, I'll DM yeah. him and see if we can get him on next week. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be nice. Um, We had this, we had planned to do these, uh, you know, tech ruins articles, but, uh, but while I'm scrolling up, I want to see my first super chat comes $10 from Mulan. He sent me privately on my PayPal. So my PayPal link is in the description. If you want to send me another one, and you should put it in the chat and have it as your pinned comment. Like I do. For yeah, I should. Let me go to my link tree actually. Um, so I'm going to put, I'll put it in the chat while I'm scrolling up here. So, uh, where is it? PayPal donos. Yes, but what was his super chat? Uh, he just said uh, sneeding super chat. So. Ah, wow. Someone, yeah. oh, speaking of sneeding, since it's that time of the uh, episode. There we go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but I'll put in the chat later, uh, but you can find it in the description on my link tree as well. So if you go to linktree slash giant geo, um, it'll be there too. So uh, it's on my phone. I know that when I get them. So uh, let's see. Okay, so here we go. First one of the night that I believe it was it. Uh, who was it? Uh, a patron of mine. Is it for one dollar? Well, I have a bunch of John Chapman for for nine ninety nine. I'm with Tucker. Let's liberate Canada. Watching live because I'm working from home. Thank you, John Chapman. Great patron of mine. Um, I think I sent I think I sent him also. He's a $20 patron. So 
I think I sent him some of my artist prints. So, uh, $5, son of Hester. Here's an off-topic sneed. Prude, have you seen the new film, Skin Amer... What's that? Skin Amarink? Big analog horror influence, more than we're seeing in the theater. I have not. I, I haven't been inside a movie theater since the summer. Yeah. <laughs> I think the last yeah. film I watched in the theaters was Elvis. And I, I, I have a yeah, love-hate relationship with that movie. Yeah. They, they, they did it. I want to enjoy it for the purpose that I like Elvis as a musician. And then yeah. it's like, I can't overlay it. Like, why are we having like 2020 rap music when he's visiting like a black club in Memphis, Tennessee? What? Yeah. And Ace loves it, but I, it, it, it's basically nostalgia. For Cause Hooper. he hates Frank Sinatra. That's why he loves it. He hates Frank Sinatra. Oh, I didn't totally, know this. I didn't know this, but I totally disavow Ace and all of his opinions if he hates Frank Sinatra. No, he's got like an elaborate theory about why that type of uh, music was could never last outside of the sixties. I don't like, care. He's it's got, still good music. <laughs> no, no, but like he's got. I, I was, I was, I was actually very offended at first, but then he like went into it. You should talk about it with him. Maybe we'll get Ace on the show. I'll DM um, him and ask. Then, but right now, yeah. uh, on the face of it, no thanks. But no, I haven't seen that film. Uh, I know that someone should uh i know that you're not the first person to recommend it to me so i guess i could give it a give it a watch maybe you write know, a review yeah, like, i'll watch it um it's it's found footage uh so yeah the one dollar so fishy frenzy for one dollar thank let's you actually, let's he go actually he did the math in the chat saying you actually get spasticus autisticus did for one dollar yeah. this is what he said what a bastard spasticus autisticus i said one one pound the government takes zero 17 cents in taxes um, then 83 cents, the further reduced by 30%, uh, to 58 cents because of the app store taking their cut. This then further reduces it to 41 because of YouTube cut. You Enjoy could totally, you could totally turn this into a, uh, a, a copy pasta with like, a a miserly yeah. Jewish dad. <laughs> One pound. What do you need 83 cents for? After the cut, it's only 58 for. cents. Enjoy your 41 cents. I'm calling the police. I've been robbed of 41 cents. <laughs> oh my God. That'd be real Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, you know, uh, excuse to pick a man's pocket every 24th of December. Um, <laughs> Fifty frenzy for $2. Review the Austrian painters paintings. Individually. Maybe we'll do a stream one day like that. But I don't know. Could you take that? Have, with that? That'd have to go on Odyssey. <laughs> that, yeah. You know, me and Prude actually, we were thinking of doing a uh, paywalled content one will be about mass fun posters um another will probably be the austrian painter one and we'll probably release it on both of our paywalled uh, sites so we were thinking yeah. of doing the more edgy one of these content. days yeah the edgy one of these days you know what this month we could do the the the, the fun poster one so do you want to we'll do the painting one then in april yeah sure we'll just do that. to be on the nose yeah we could do like a paywall version once a month or once every few months uh sure yeah, we could do that. Um, edgier. Oh, I was I was just being facetious because of April the twentieth. But yeah, that's right. You know, listen, April the twentieth, four men won against history. Okay, oh, Austrian God. painter's birthday. Uh, the end of Waco, David Koresh, and of course, what happened? What happened? April twentieth. Call him Dylan and Eric. So. Four men. I, I I posted that tweet once, but then I was anointed, so I deleted it. This was last year. I said four men went against history, uh, went against time on that day, April twentieth. 
<laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. I do not endorse. I disavow. Okay. I'm not if anyone anything. plays that clip, we will say it was AI generated. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And Glow in the Dark's been paying out this stream. My God, thank you, Glow in the Dark. Um, do I have any any uh, PayPal ones? I also have Buy Me a Coffee too. So uh, if you if you want that, um, it's amazing that the wise so far five dollars Glow in the Dark. It's amazing that the wise men of old were ignored because that. Those that profess themselves as the enlightened can't conceive the wise man's prophecies. 100%. Amazing message. What do you have to say to that, Prude? Are you there, Prude? Oh. No, I'm here. I mean, sometimes I feel like when we, especially on the right, where we'll read these older guys, whether it's Spangler or even just the actual people of antiquity. I've noticed this a lot with reading up on the lives of the saints. It's just like, unless yeah. you're part of the specific tradition, this is all going to fall on deaf ears. Right. I, it's like a lot of these so-called prophets of doom, which I think is the title of AA's upcoming book. Yeah. Yeah. No, did it already happen or he had it a week? I think he's finally finished it and sent it off. Okay. Yeah. But you know, it, it's like Cassandra, all these terrible, terrible things that were bound to come. The decline or the consequences of divorcing ourselves from a nation and a people or even a religious tradition. And here's where we're at the modern day Cassandras or really the perennial Cassandras that have been yeah. given these terrible prophecies that fell on so many deaf ears. Nice. No, it's true. I mean, we live in <laughs> again, like that, like that statue, we live in the age of uh, Ishtar and Cassandra. So there you go. Um, but thank you, Fishy, for another $5 uh, for Glow in the Dark. I was going to say Fishy Frenzy. Um, the way you explain it sounds like Pinocchio story. Games, toys, and, tre and treats. So those that make the decisions take advantage of it. Yeah, exactly. 100%. And instead of transforming into asses, they transform into gross homunculi that are supposed to be women. <laughs> Did you see that Amarnite post where the Amarna Forums post where it was like... Um, if the if if uh, you dated a girl of your dream, oh, that's what I was gonna say. Um, even the girl boss nowadays is transforming because that one um tweet by I think he's Daniel on Twitter about the girl boss, like her qualifications of like what she does, uh, like for a living. Oh, because she, makes... she said she makes like eight hundred and fifty k a year, and she can't keep a man, right? That and post? she's and she travels and she's like goes to the gym, and so essentially they were saying that girl bosses create the like they've achieved the man that they want and so no man wants them because it's too intimidating um and of course my take was that she needs to find an artist to leech to to leech off of her <laughs> kind of like henry miller oh, bohemian leech i think i saw your tweet about it yeah and then he pays he makes up for it by immortalizing her through the work of art so that's uh no but but basically girl bosses are essentially doing what they want in men and no, and a very, very tiny pool of men can keep up with that. You know what I mean? So it's, what are you going to do? Um, do you have any thoughts about that? Prude? I, I feel like the girl boss is just the female form of trans maxing. If you, can't, <laughs> if you can't be the boyfriend, become the man that you want. That's incredible. <laughs> it's, it's true though. It's true. Like it's this is, this is the know. consequence of lean in feminism. The Sheryl Sandberg's yeah. great project is, is that, you know, just deploy, 
all forms of purgation. Remove your femininity and you too can survive in the workforce. Become a disagreeable harpy. Be the very thing that doesn't make women women. You know, be yeah. masculine in your psyche and behavior, and you too can be a cutthroat piece of work. Sigma grind set. You know, yeah, get on the grind set. Make 850k a year. Travel, have fun, drink, go out with your friends. Basically, live the life of Sex in the City. And what do you become? There is no Mr. Big waiting for you because you have turned into Mr. Big. You have yeah. turned into the man that you desperately want. And when you watch as the society that has elevated you on this economic and social pedestal. And you look around and realize that you are all alone, looking down at the men that you've decided to, you know, leave behind, or watch as the society writ large has pushed them into the far gone peripheries of our social world. And that's what's happened: is is that men have been pushed to the periphery. We've deindustrialized, we've dethroned and emasculated them, and now she's all up there making almost a million dollars a year, wondering why no one wants her. She is the man. Man, we we need we need a digital archipelago prude rant compilation. I was fire, bro. That's it's true though. No, it's hundred percent. Like it's they become the man that they've wanted, and it's like it has devastating consequences. It's uh. <laughs> Sorry, I just I, I just saw um Kevin Clearman's comment in the chat. Well, I'll <laughs> so, get to it. I'll get to it. So. I, <laughs> yeah. I agree though, Kevin. I, I those were. I, I try to be nice because monetize. We're both monetized, and I can't go too far. Yeah. Um. I'm really worried about. The I already got in trouble story, last yeah. week because I had to apply. Oh yeah, I did say it. Face. I... Hopefully the algorithm doesn't pick up on it. Uh, probably I'm... not. Um, although, like we we got the yellow. I got the yellow dollar sign last week, and I got yeah. it quickly reviewed. Me so... too. Yeah, they didn't review. They took me. It took them like a day and a night for them to like review mine. It took me six hours. I was genuinely yeah. surprised though because I haven't had a yellow star in a, in a year time. and a half. That was the first time I had gotten one flagged, and I was like, oh man. The only time I had a hard flag that was not reviewed was the Nick Land stream, which I guess like they probably saw Nick Land like, nope, that's not monetizable. <laughs> um, <laughs> another $5 by glow in the dark. Thank you, my friend at $15. Now um, here's a fun story. When the EVs and charge stations for them leave safe, rich areas, uh, who EVs electric vehicles. Oh, okay. They get stripped of their copper. <laughs> Electric vehicles won't in the wild, uh, won't in the wilds of the U.S. That's hilarious. Well, I saw a tweet about that where it showed like a Tesla charging station, and yeah. the handles were still locked into the the charging system, but the the wires were gone. It's just like I think it was Ben Braddock <laughs> or somebody being like, "Yeah, this is going to be stripped for copper." Man, that's hilarious. <laughs> is copper still worth it to strip nowadays? Yes. Oh, nice. Almost all metals are because of the supply chain shortages. Well, because 10 years ago, China was like buying up all the scrap. Remember that? That was, yeah. Now Nowadays, like, well, yeah, I'm sure they can enjoy all that scrap with their subpar construction. <laughs> no, but I think like scrap is making a comeback, they said. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Um, Luthen Plyer, um, I don't know if I could read this. Uh, the true hell will be the billionaire who buys ChatGPT, Boston Dynamics, and Voice AI, Sexbot Dystopia. Feels realer than Neo <laughs> Neo Vagin. <laughs> That's what Bausch said, by the way. He said that on stream. Once. Neo Vagin arrives from the future. Oh, he's like, no, it feels actually pretty good. Do you, do you remember that one? No, I don't. It was a clip on YouTube, is I'm on on Twitter as well. Um, 
metaphysics. He keeps metaphysics keep chiding me for interrupting people, but you're right. I do interrupt people. I gotta, I gotta tune that down a bit. So, ten another ten dollars. My glow in the dark. Whoa, twenty five dollars. Can't wait for a wheelchair. Oh, I know what he's doing. Look, instead of just giving me the twenty five dollars, he's like piecing it out so he I could read more comments. It's pretty brilliant. Um, smart man. Can't wait. For <laughs> Can't wait for the wheelchair soldiers that will scare the Russians. Women are so aggressive, they will ram enemy vehicles. Don't worry if trans battalions take <laughs> Look, man, I That's, was, uh, you know, the, the wheelchair thing just reminds me of the D&D stuff where they were talking about the first player handbooks for characters in a wheelchair. The wheelchair is oh, indestructible, man. and apparently, yeah. like, you can use it to ram people, and it does, like, basically the same damage as. I think it was like a rapier or something, but it was just like, oh, an indestructible thing that I can use to as a free weapon. And like, it's better actually to be in the wheelchair than it is to be a, a walking character. So by <laughs> so by being gimped as a PC, you are actually more powerful than uh, normal able abled players. Yeah, you could mount a gun turn on it. You could like have a Browning forty cal fifty cal just like shredding him. Like it reminds me of the wheelchair guy from uh, Happy Wheels. <laughs> like. You know what's funny? Apparently, Tabuskus, he's tweeting some pretty based and red-pilled stuff. So his post-cancellation made him more red-pilled. Um, even though Tabuskus was in the Gamergate Law and Order episode, do you remember that? The, the base draft. <laughs> yeah, the, apparently they didn't uh, tell him about... Um... Look at this! one, Another 199! <laughs> MG, 199... Thoughts on Puss in Boots, Last Wish. I don't I don't have any opinions on that. I, I haven't read the plot. But. I have not seen a Shrek movie since... Yeah, since the original Shrek. Oh, God. No, maybe, I think I saw... Maybe Shrek, Shrek 3. Shreks, yeah. I don't know, the third or whatever was probably yeah, the last one Shrek I've 3. seen. I have not seen it. I've heard, I've heard from others that are married with kids that the movie's actually pretty good, but yeah? I don't... I don't think I will ever... First off, you said it was it. pretty good. Yeah, I know. That's who I'm referring yeah. to. I just I don't know if uh, I ever will find a reason or will to to do so. There you go, Khalifa. You're much more <laughs> forward oh, about Plyer's it. Than I am. Yeah, Luthen Plyer's pain. I do not disdoubt Val Ace because he's a fellow metalhead, and uh, I don't know. He's he's pretty no, but he's pretty. Uh, he's not. I'll DM him about his take on Sinatra, but my knee jerk reaction is to totally disavow. Yeah. Um, now I'm pretty. I'm scared to read this one because I really don't want to do this. Uh, for five dollars fishy frenzy thank you for the five dollars by the way fishy frenzy oh my god review chris reagan social justice the musical series on the digital archipelago or please just cover anything gamer game death. we could do that actually we could do be, the uh, that'd be a lot of fun to do that'd be just a trip through the yeah inject that nostalgia into my face if i can find it my best friend in real life he he sent this to me years ago it was the um it was the Akun uh, Gamergate in action thread about why it was a glow off. You ever read that one? No. The HN thread on Gamergate? I have not. Oh, it's good. I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll see if I can find it again. Um, Is this the one my where friend every... probably has? Oh, there was another. What, what... So, I know someone else. Um, I mean, weren't he and I are not on good terms anymore, but he also did a thread on Gamergate where. Yeah. He, he had covered all the major players that had like deep connections to. Yeah. And hasn't Schwab talked about this too? Yeah. Schwab one of his Substack, yeah. Substack posts yeah. were like, basically all these folks were like really connected to high up people or institutions. You know, who wasn't? Who? During Game Who wasn't connected to Glowies? 
the regular gamer. Oh no, him too. But um, <laughs> no. You're yeah, them too. The, uh, no, the or, come on. Gamers. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Sargon was the only one who had clean hands in the whole thing. Who it's funny because there did not glow despite all accusations. Yeah, there are people that accused him. There was certain someone as well that I won't name because uh, I don't want to get a logged by him. Uh, that like made these videos about how he's like a you know he was like the the Don you know the capo uh, the the guy that had you know a million capos um, no but the only guy who made who like remained morally pure and who didn't have glow in the dark connections with Sargon Saint of Swindon Carl of Akkad so <laughs> there you go uh, like I, I there's no amount of like suching him off that I won't do to get him on Digital Archipelago. <laughs> um, Sargon all along. The I mean, best he's, AI he's the only voice, one who's made it. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, uh, the best AI voice I saw was um, someone took the bleep Sama thread on Islam and like got <laughs> Sargon to read it. <laughs> oh man, I love it, love it. Five dollar. The 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 one that really got me was uh, where he's like, uh, the imams are basically like uh, cheat let's players on YouTube <laughs> that can guarantee you like no clipping into Jana <laughs> like. It, <laughs> Like, listen, I got a lot of respect for Islam, but that was a pretty funny, uh, you know. It's five dollars. Fasticus Artisticus, our good friend. Geo, please tell Prue to stop uh, slipping handwritten notes under my door. I like him, but not in that way. Oh, Prude. Oh, no. Oh, so for context, this has to do with this god awful. There's this god awful woman, and I will leave it at that because there are words that I want to use that I will not because we're on YouTube. But she is, had posted is she on Twitter or YouTube. Yeah, this was on Twitter. And she okay. had posted a handwritten note as feminine as ever saying it was from Nick Fuentes with some anti-Semitic remarks and her foundation, which is the perfect match to her skin tone, by the way, totally applicable. Um, and I had quote tweeted and I had said, listen, I'm not, you know, is Nick's, Cassie Dillon. I know, no, no, no. Some literally had a very uh, last name that you would know. identify ident uh, very quickly who it is, but I just quote tweeted and I said, look, I'm not, Nick Fuentes is like biggest fan or whatever, but I said, this is obviously BS. This dude has yeah. years of handwriting examples to know that this is like ethno narcissistic victim mentality on full display. And my follow-up was a picture of Nick writing on a whiteboard and his, the handwriting's clearly different. And Spasticus <laughs> Autisticus had replied saying like, I don't believe you. And he had sent a handwritten note of his saying, um, you know, I, that I have a feelings for him or whatever. And I had replied with my own handwriting on a note saying that he's heading for a block. So Whoa. Uh, I was being facetious, but yeah, keep it up. Spastikus. Yeah. Keep it up. Yeah. he. Okay. Oh, I see it now. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It's uh. whoa. <laughs> that, that kind that kind of woman. Oh my God. Oh my God. She got, she got griped so hard. Oh, did so, she? Thank God. Yeah. It was yeah. just so. It Her was still on display. Weird. They look like that. Fa the face and the eyes, just like she's got that Joker smile. Like you know, you know what's you know what's funny though. I like a lot of people. Like you know, I, listen. I shouldn't say anything when it comes to this particular figure, but I will defend him in this one point. There was this journalist that accused uh, Nick of like this guy that did some fun posting in real life of like being a top. What did he call it? A top lieutenant. And like Nick went in a space with this guy and he's saying like, no, listen, this guy was just at my event. And he took a picture of me. That doesn't make him like a top, whatever of, of the AF organization. And so like, that's one point I will say that like, 
you can't like okay as much as you don't agree with someone you can't like go around just slandering him saying like this fake thing happened you know what i mean prude like the guy with the hand like the hand the woman yeah, yeah. here with the handwriting like even like like and even, she's like, not the first person to do this either no exactly yeah. like how many other sort of ethnic grifters on the left have done this before yeah i mean scott 100%. wiener uh, senator state senator from california about like oh you're like oh you're a big pedo or whatever and it's like it's like dude you didn't even take the time to like print out the document so we can clearly see that you were the one typing this these people i mean they really, they really do think you're that stupid yeah no but even like i i even think like people try to catch like natalie uh contra points and some fake thing too like it's you know what i mean like it's just you can't like go around fit like even recently what happened like is again people know my opinion in him but even like with ethan ralph where like these like the sector of drama youtubers they clearly caught like <laughs> he like opt them about like him and pantsu breaking up or like they had some other fake thing about him like you don't have to like fake things to make people look bad on the internet you know what i mean like i just i don't agree with that as much as i may not like agree with certain figures it's just like i i don't feel comfortable with like running off some people to like you know what i mean like the yeah. guy that, that that committed this act in public he clearly wasn't a quote-unquote lieutenant of america first like it's and so you know fuentes rightly okay not that i agree with like you know what i mean like not that i agree with like calling like all of your opponents a certain ethnicity you know what i mean like yeah but still this guy like legit slandered him by saying that this guy who committed a terrible act was an af lieutenant which he wasn't he just took a picture like i'm sure like if i did a public event and i took a picture with somebody and this guy went and committed whatever like they're gonna slander me like you know what i mean it's not i shouldn't be talking about this in public but you know what i mean like it's not it's not cool by making stuff up like even figures you hate, you shouldn't like make things up about whoever, you know what I mean? Like as much as I hate Natalie, as much as I hate ContraPoints, I'm not going to say that certain accusations are true just because some deranged uh, Discord moderator said they were true. You know what I mean? Like it's not, you shouldn't do that. Like it's not, you have to like, I shouldn't even be saying this. I mean, it should go without saying, but it's like, that's the world we live in right now. So, uh, and people make fake stuff up about BAP, you know, I don't believe in that. Like you shouldn't go and slander someone just because. I mean, there are if you're if yeah. you're on the right, there are like three words that are going. Like there are three yeah. accusations that well, you people will get. make stuff up about Warren all the time. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. literally it's 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 three things, right? That they're automatically going to go after you. It's either that Fed. you come, it's Fed. It's either yeah. that you come from a certain tribe of a certain place in the Middle East. Yep. Or um, usually some kind of like, oh, you're brown or a race mixer. Like those are the three that will automatically get you discounted. And I mean, yeah. this is saying a lot because the right wing tolerates um, <laughs> a lot of that. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, <laughs> we love our right wing case. Don't we fellas? Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of them. Let's not get ourselves. Well, I was going to say the mixing part. We tolerate some of that. Well, we, we do, but depends on what sector, depends, right? depends yeah. on where, but those are like the three things that kind of get you declared anathema or it kicks you out of the intellectual ghetto, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so you have to be kind of, I, you have to be careful when you're going to levy this accusation, all oh, that guy's a fed, all oh, that guy's like, you know, and it's just like, no, the fed, the fed jacketing thing as well. I, I will say like, that's another big problem. You can't just like immediately, like as much as you may not like certain organizations, you can't just like, immediately say that they're a fed without, you know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. cricket. Um, 
You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's not, I, 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 like, unless you know for a fact, like, there has been feds that have been outed that have pretended to be, like, like, even, like, that guy that Hunter... And it's even, it's me, even, it's even worse on the... That went after Ron Paul. Oh. Off, trying to remember. Guy. He, yeah. he was, like, he had a, he was a YouTuber, he wore a mask. Oh, he yeah, 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 Antifa. yeah, 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 I remember. That guy, um... But anyways, we got to move on to the super. Yeah, chat. way to go, Spasticus Autisticus for two pounds. He got that much out of us. Yeah, there you go for two. I he should send in another hundred just for uh, that. He already, going into he's done it before. Of, yeah, he's done it before. No, I, I mean, yeah, we love our Spasticus Autisticus. We, we love, love our, we love our, we love our Spaz. Yes. Um, for nine ninety nine by my good friend, my top Janny, the man. Who deletes a thousand bots from my from my Telegram channel, little Hoosh uh, Arsenius? When shall you cover classical music topics on the pod? There's a broad sub community forming on Twitter, and we shall be forced to be reckoned with. Uh, mark my words. I, I was I, I promised this. the The problem is I don't listen to enough classical music, but I'm getting into it. Uh, I want to have Philip Daniel and uh, Brahms Respector on uh, Content Minded one day. So uh, look forward to that in the future. I promised uh, Philip Daniel that I'll have him on the pod, but that'll happen one day. Um, this could be JJ right here. Uh, Mr. Theo Tugboat, Meshuggah's new album, Goes Hard, is all for $1.99. Thank you, the, uh, Theo Tugboat. I love the I've name. Listened to, yeah, <laughs> I've listened to songs here and there, but uh, I got to listen to the whole album. I haven't listened to like a newer metal album in, in like, Oh God, like a, a long time, actually. Um, a few, uh, um, I think like a last year, I didn't listen to new stuff, but, um, for four nine by a good friend, Luthan Plyer, my face when the June stack sends the turf, turf waffen to the Ukraine front, the Ukraine front line. <laughs> well, Hey, if, the, if Britain gets involved, you know that the turfs are going to be sent to the front line. By the British government. J.K. So, uh, Rowling personally drafted by Rishi Sunak. <laughs> Rishi, yeah, uh, Mary Harrington's going to uh, go against Wagner in the front lines. <laughs> oh, the latest man. from Unheard. What What was the uh, who 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 you were replying to while I was reading super chats? Um, uh, what was it? Uh, oh yeah, Kevin Clareman. What did he say? Sardine. No, no, no. It was he thought I was going to use another four-letter word to describe women. Oh whoa, that's I was just whoa. like no, I wasn't going to because this is YouTube. Look at Fishy right here. Geo is actually no, I'm not. No, Come on. Um, Geo is probably the straightest man on. Twitter. It's I've been told by a rad fan that I'm the straightest man on right-wing Twitter. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. It's high praise coming from rad fans. Yeah, I'd I'd marry John D. Are you kidding me? He'd be a good. He'd be no, but I feel like he'd be kind of a. He, would John D. be a selfish lover? You'd feel, or would he like make up for it? Like he, I don't know. I don't know, Mister D. That well to answer that question in any capacity, but I think that I feel perhaps... like if you were married to him, he'd probably defend you. He'd probably be like, you know, well, Mister D. Defends me quite well as it is, but I mean, I th I don't know if Kevin's even referring to John D. I thought he was referring to Catherine D. No, no, he said Mr. D. Oh, okay. Really? In that chat wait, just now? Go back to wait, it. Wait, let me let me go back to it. Um, he just said D. Uh, Which I guess he was actually gay. Uh, G and D are married. 
Oh, he may. Yeah, you may be. He may. No, listen. I'm not. Wow, mad. I was giving you the implication that you were the most heterosexual man. It's Kathy. Oh, it's Kathy. And you immediately went for the man. Maybe you're yeah, gay. Yeah, I know because no, you know why I went for it because Kevin, you're right. He called he me gay. gay. Yeah, no. So. Yeah, because the other guy called. He you. thought Mr. D. Well, oh, way to go. I see. Yeah. So I thought Mr. D, but really he was. Yeah, subject to James defending me by saying I was married to Catherine. Um. But no, I'm not married to Catherine D. I wish I was, but I'm not. But you know, she's more of a sister to me. So um, she's she has a fiance. So it's uh, but but you know maybe if you wanted to meme uh, me being married to uh, to gifts and given as a thing that that could be a meme magic you could uh, pull. That could be an ops. You know that could be a psychic ops. That that could be a hyperstition. You know, never mind. Never mind. I'm not gonna. I've said too much. I've said too much. But uh, finally, glow in the dark for five times. Prude, help me out here, bro. Why? <laughs> I, I haven't checked the chat in forever. No, no. When oh. I said that, if you wanted to me magic uh, gifts and given being married to me, then you know what's uh, funny? Every time she comes on the pod, people say, Gio, is she your girlfriend? <laughs> like it's, oh. I don't know if that's a hyperstition that you want to manifest into reality. <laughs> what me being married to gifts and given uh, it's just it's a it's a monkey's paw situation when it comes to memeing things into the real life that's all i'm gonna yeah, say you're, right. you're true you never know what you you're true you're right you're right you're right um but still a guy a guy can dream uh five dollars by another five dollars by cool in the dark he's really man he's my he's my uh cia handler he's my CSIS handler glow in the dark um Got an idea to fix immigration. Send them to you. <laughs> That's <laughs> terrible. Why, That's I, terrible. I, I said this on Semiagog's stream with Martin Silver and a few others. No, I, well, I didn't say that specifically, but I said, like, it doesn't matter what side you take. The real tragedy is both of those countries are, like, demographically doomed. Yeah, true. It, it doesn't matter who wins out of this conflict. Both countries are going to, like, lose their cultural and ethnic identities very quickly to yeah powers that be with through immigration and 15 minute cities and digital you know passports and things like that with open borders and a shengen area for the balkans it's going to be a disaster in which what made those countries what a they Shen were balkan shengen oh my god which really that's... just means that you can just drive to the next town and knife somebody but that's what's that's the powers that be would like that and yeah that's i thought that already really happened in the balkans it's going to continue. This war is only going to make it worse. It was Especially like if other was... countries get involved. No, oh yeah, you're right, you're right. But I think like, I, I do think there's a way for Russia to be demographically stronger after this, but that would require that NATO doesn't intervene. But that's, I don't know, we'll see what happens, right? I mean, no, but you're right. It will, they will take a demographic toll as well. I mean, they have to. That's like, you know, even just to fight the war. Um, but yeah, you're like that, that, yeah, you're right. I mean, I feel like there will be a period of, uh, but anyways, um, we could talk about that in another. St we should talk about that in the prudent observations about the current. If there's going to be a mass, uh, another uh, big offensive, who knows? Um, I was thinking about doing something on the 25th, sort of near the anniversary. You should do something with War Report. With, with Constantine have, and GSP. I have not done anything with them. I know that you have, but yeah, maybe one of these days. Well, I've been talking. Uh, yeah, I got to talk to Gordon about something. So, yeah. Um, another $5 by glow in the dark. Um, immigrants are more American than Americans. 
So fighting for that one nation in the Middle East in Ukraine should be something they're great at. Wow. I guess he justifies the policy position there. Oh, man, that's terrible. Um, I, I nominate Joel Berry to go first. I, yeah, exactly. I nominate Joel Berry. Did Joel Berry have pro-blue yellow takes? Probably. I mean, he's also got unabashedly pro-other country takes. True. Um, that meltdown you know was something to behold. Oh, man, it was it was incredible. The Telegram chats were, like, going off. Um, but you know what's funny? It was the one time I saw, like, Joel Davis, Keith Woods, and Theo Tide actually agree on something. Yeah. <laughs> the best one today I saw was, uh, was, uh, Rag Nationalist. It was the, uh, the open relationship TikTok with, like, oh, these the, ugly the, women. Oh, yeah. Saying that they're all getting ready to share their husbands. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then he said, there's at least three people that have Black Rifle Coffee and weird things in this. It's like literal, like like a flyover state uh, polyamory, which is not. Well, it, it, it's hick libs, and it's also, it, it's. I don't know if you've ever watched a single episode of Letter Kenny, but it's the same thing. Yeah, you want to take these sort of like nice rural, what you would consider conservative people, and it's like no, like oh, the farmer couple across there, they're in an open marriage and they're swingers, and they like try to get a third all the time. Oh, yeah. It's it's a disgusting inversion it's a projection of their values it's like even for cape shit right they have that yeah lois or not lois oh yeah they have like superman and lois but like they're like they're urbanite shit libs that move <laughs> back to smallville kansas yep and it's the worst kind of thing ever and unfortunately it's becoming more and more common and there should be interstate immigration policies but that's just me can they ever find a poly couple that has good looking people no they don't Never. exist yeah they're only there AI, was, they're ai generated geo. you know what's funny is that people were spoofing on that uh soft white underbelly the 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 open couple where the the chick like dominates that guy like the fat girl you know what's funny is i was the first one to post that on twitter the screen oh, cap yeah so i was the one that memed that into uh i believe mark lilla had to like turn the comments off for that one because it was objectively cruel what this chick was doing to this guy. Like, just, I can't go into it. Like, I, if I describe it, this video will never get monetized. But, uh, anyways, um, another four ninety nine by Luthen Plyer, uh, Cringe Walker. The hacker known as Turnseed will erase all our draft card records. I'm not worried. Thank God. Thank God. Um, another common W for Ryan Turnipsneed. So, oh, and he his his thread was mentioned on the YouTube channel Conversations That Matter. They had a, really? a Lutheran pastor on to also discuss it, but it was his his critiques were viewed rather favorably. And I, you know, I thought it was very important for excuse me, I, I think it's important for us to recognize that Ryan Turnipseed posts under his real name and face. Yes, yeah. you know, a young man goes to college and genuinely gives a shit about his church and as a layman what he can do about it and what do they do they dehumanize him they don't ever address and it's the same thing that we've seen every time but it's it's one of our guys that is experiencing it yeah real guy face and name that's his real name by the way people think it's a pseudonym but it's not no it's his real name it's, it's his, his real name. name it's as american as ever that is his christian name given turn up seed germano american right there he yeah. is and, That's pure uh, Saxon American. <laughs> and and so to deny him his name, to deny him his humanity, makes it easier to dismiss, dehumanize, and target him for harassment. And that's what we're dealing with. So it doesn't matter. And this is the one instance where I'll be rather ecumenical and say, like, I'm 
going to support Ryan and all of his efforts here to yeah. get rid of this church of woke bullshit. Yeah, I got to have him on the show one day. Um, he'll probably come on. He but will. I'm trying to think of like, I'm trying to think of like something original to talk about with him though. Like something that he isn't like, that he want like, you know what I mean? Like that's like my goal with content minded, but yeah, you know, yeah. But I'm wondering though, I mean, I guess if we like sat down and talked, we could probably like, We'll see. I'm probably be a different one than the usual like takes. You know what I mean. Um, but uh, anyways, finally for I think we keep going. People will keep giving me five dollar buckers. You know. Uh, so <laughs> no, I I know. I remember uh, Ghost when he used to do live streams before he like you know before he destroyed his audience. He used to call them uh, eight dollars and sixty six buckers or something like that. And they That's would like great. play a voice. Yeah, they would like play a voice clip. Um, it was always like the same one. It was like, I buy that for a dollar. Um, we should have like that. Listen, I'm too tech illiterate to like have the whole stream elements thing where they play a sound. Like I can't, I don't know. Uh, I have the computer like, computing power now because I've moved things around. And so I have my desktop now where I stream from. Yeah. I'm tempted to finally give up the ghost and learn how to play with OBS for this sort of garbage. Yeah, I know Patrick Casey's got it down pat. Um Speaking of which, I, you know what's funny? He did an ep- He did one with Clausington and Charlemagne on Nick Land. But yeah, it was a great episode. Yeah, I wanted to do an episode specifically uh, for Content Minded with Clausington, but just on Thirst for Annihilation because I feel like that's an often like neglected Nick Land book. It even is. though like that's when, even though like that's when Nick Land was like an edgy fedora tipper. But you know, um, anyways, Spasticus Autisticus, our good friend, for five dollars. A very fat friend of mine, when asked, what time do you dine, responded, let's see, 7, 8, 8, 10, th- and 3, 5, and 6, and quarter post 9, past 9. Is that supposed to be the uh, the big smoke uh, order from GTA? What is that from? Let's see, 7, 8, 10, and 3, 5, 6, and quarter past 9. Is that supposed to be from something Spasticus Autisticus? Um, I don't know. Used to be a libertarian. Yeah, yeah, he used to be a libertarian. Uh, moving away from the NEP. Oh, yeah, we could play frog noises. That's going to be the text-to-speech. Oh, Lord. Um, oh, my God. Uh, I actually have a guy uh, who had done a few clips where he, like, animated frogs talking and nice. very very threatening voices telling you to subscribe or else. I should find them and post them on Twitter. That's incredible. Um. Five dollars from glow in the dark. Thank you once again, my good friend. Give him the chair, Geo. Prude goes down. Geo body slam. Oh, that has to hurt. Um. Oh come wait, on, me, dude. You have to. You have to do this in an announcer voice. I gotta. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Could I do it? Would you rather me do Kevin Kelly or Geo? Let me just do it. Give him the chair, Geo. Prude goes down. Geo body slam. Oh, that has to hurt. What's this? Prude reverse the pin. By God. Prude gets him in the headlock. You know, stop the damn match. You know, that could be. Yeah, I did the JR. There you go. Stop the damn match. Because um, the Kevin Kelly one's a very specific one. But I, or I could do like, I, I, you know what I could do? I could probably do Eric Archelo from like early CZW. Those, that, those are, those are, okay, listen. That's a Geo Deep lore. My favorite announced team is, uh, John John House and Eric Garcello from early CZW. 
classic CZW. Because I love how, like, you know, John House did the heel. Like, he was the heel announcer. And, like, <laughs> he would go, like, oh, bam, someone called 911. He's like, I think they're already here, John. <laughs> My favorite was um, the, the first tournament of death was uh, it was uh, Nick Mondo versus uh, Homeless Jimmy. And the, <laughs> the best is when he gave him the assault driver off the, the rider truck. And he goes, I don't think we need to call it 911. We need to call, we need to call Bellevue. <laughs> that was a joke. We had to, we got him from Bellevue, the the insane asylum. So uh, I don't know. That that's that was pretty funny to me back in the day, um, early CZW. But anyways, uh, um, this has been a great stream, man. We did it's pretty pretty good. Two articles, tweets, AI prawn, e girls, JJ the Jackoff plane. What more? <laughs> what more could you ask for on an episode of the Digital Archipelago? It's been amazing. Next week, we're going to have some uh, other incredible content for you. And like I said, next week, I'm going to release the Versaloon episode on Content Minded. So stay tuned. And uh, what do you have for this Saturday? Um, this Saturday, we are reviewing the 2004 text, Fatal Fu Future, Transnational Terrorism and the New Global Disorder by Richard M. Perlstein. I thought with this book being almost 20 years old, that we'd look back on the predictions about terrorism and the post 9-11 age and see how well they've aged. And if there's any nice. nuggets of truth, um, and there is, it's actually a short, really easy read and... It was a lot of fun to take notes on this because some things aged really, really well and others oh, yeah. not so much. Not so good, yeah. Um, because we often, like, it's just funny how terrorism has just died in all international relations discourse outside of a few niche areas. Well, like they, call Russia, they call Russia a terrorist state. Well, well that's, that's like... for sanctions purposes. It's not yeah, like, exactly, yeah. It's not yeah. like they're people that you would steal away into Abu Ghraib or anything. It's, it's no. not, yeah, this is like a pure post 9-11 text post Iraq war text that i really i picked it up on a whim and i was like oh this looks good and turns out there's quite a bit of stuff to discuss so we'll be talking about that this saturday uh 2 p.m eastern um over on and, my uh, and this sunday i'll probably come out with the uh, third installment of necropolitics for general reviews so the public version is always free and of course, the paywall version will be on Substack and uh, Patreon. And you have a new writing series that you mentioned. Um, what's the whole series about? This is just a, a series of ruminations and thoughts that oh. uh, helps me keep on writing. So these are every uh, week. And this one is about the nature of curses and self-fulfilling prophecies. And then the other one will probably be more behind the paywall stuff. I haven't decided yet, but so far the feedback's been very good. And then there's also a new Real Talk Out that came out on Wednesday talking about class castes and rootless cosmopolitans and how it doesn't matter where you were born, you can't ever escape from it. And what does it mean to have a quote unquote, your people and a home and a home town? Nice. I, I write my reflections in Substack. I'm, I mean, on uh, telegram, the smaller ones, and I'm going to have to collect them and maybe put them up uh, every month or so, or a few months on Substack. So uh, I also have a paywall article I wanted to release, but I have to like review it, like uh, go over it again. Cause I wrote it like, like last year or so uh for finally two hours fasticus autisticus chucks feed and seed i don't get it uh last night on jay burden stream he sent in a super chat where he explained the joke of a uh, seed and feed so um yeah that's pretty funny uh prude on, ben on benjamin boyce was good oh yeah um, that also yeah. came out earlier this week is my conversation with benjamin boyce is available on his channel uh, I was very pleased he'd let me rant as long as I did on some things. And he's a good interviewer. He asks tough questions to make me think, which I appreciated. So if you haven't gone over there, uh, I think the 
title of it's called like visionary conservatism, which I won't dock him too hard for calling me a conservative, but yeah, yeah it was, no, it's a, it a very good talk. It was a good time. And also I, I went on a, these people are sick that came out this week and uh, I have to update my, uh, on my, on my link tree, I have a Substack article that links to all of my podcast and uh, interview appearances. So I have to update that, but I will re-release, I will link it again. Uh, also, I believe my incel podcast episode may have come out, but I have to show for that. So um, I will, uh, let me check really quickly. I was also the previous episode for These People Are Sick, so you can get more of us back-to-back over on their podcast. Nice. Um, let me check really quickly to see if it came out. Uh, no, it didn't come out, but it, when it does come out, I will um, I will uh, link that, of course. I'll show for it. So there you go. Um, and, of course, Namikates will come on Content Minded soon as well. We just have to find a time. We have a bunch of stuff that we didn't get to talk about. Cause it was like going on two hours. And so, yeah. Um, all right, man. Thank you. Unless you have any last minute. Uh, yeah. The incel podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, with Nama Kate. So, um, thank you all once again, next week's on Prude's channel. And we have a bunch of great content coming for you next week and this weekend. So as always, everyone, thank you. God bless. Goodbye to sweet. See you, gents.